Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, joining you, it's Ian here. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. Totally free. freetalklive.com. Uh, all right, so there's a lot to talk about here. In fact, a lot in the news. But first, we're going to tell you about what you won't be seeing in the news. Now, there's a lot going on with the G20 protests. Apparently, the cops have been tear gassing uh, and using sound rays on people. Very nasty stuff. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to uh, to cover some of that. But we're going to cover the story that we actually experienced today. And when I say we, I mean Dale, you and I. Because Mark decided to not attend. And we'll uh, get into why here in a few moments. But what happened today, Dale? Just oh. summarize briefly, and we'll get into the, some of the details. A lot of people showed up at the Central Square in Keene, and uh, a fair number of them partook of some marijuana. Some and, cannabis, yes. Yes. And uh, uh, quite a lot of people were there. You know, um, Some were holding signs. It was a very festive atmosphere. There were uh, a couple of reporters there. Yep. Uh, some of our own and some from other sources, and um, it was it was a really impressive turnout. And I think every, I was blown away. You know, I know, and there's yeah, several several people there were just it was m- way more than they expected. So what had happened earlier this week was some of the activists here in Keene, and there are probably just a couple dozen maybe activists here in the in the Keene area. Some of those uh, guys started going down to the Central Square, which is right in the middle of town. It's right, it's very scenic, very pretty park, and they were token up they were getting high in central square on a daily basis and it just kind of started growing uh people were talking to other people and word got out and it went from i think seven people to 14 people and then yesterday i believe it hit 27 people all just enjoying themselves out afternoon out in the park 420 uh celebrating their you know just freedom i guess what level of freedom they have celebrating in in quite possibly the most public place in Keene. Yes. Where you see police cars circling somewhat re- fairly often, I would say. It's the heart of Keene. Central Square yeah. is the, the heart of downtown Keene. And, that's and it, so it's quite a place to pick. Yep. Uh, so, so it started getting bigger and bigger. And so at the point at which they hit 27 people, which was yesterday, they then announced the event. So I didn't even know it was going on until yesterday afternoon when I heard the Pork, uh, the pork 411 call, which is this little system that we have for the activists can call a phone number and have their phone message just distributed out to hundreds of people. Uh, when I first heard that message, I was blown away because, I mean, I consider myself kind of in the loop here, and I guess I'm, I wasn't in the loop for this at all. Uh, so it was great news, and they decided to announce the one that was going to happen today. So again, they've been happening every day at 4.20 in the afternoon, just a 4.20 celebration uh, of marijuana or cannabis consumption in public. And so they announced it publicly. We put it up on the blog at freekeen.com, announcing it there. So it went out to Pork 411. It was announced on the Freekeen blog. And the word of mouth is what really brought people out this afternoon, uh, from what I understood uh, from talking to people. Nearly 100 people. At at one time, someone counted 80 people. Just at one time. Just as far as like, but people were coming and going. Yes. Constantly coming. Probably more than that. People were constantly coming in from 420 to about. Five-ish, you know, getting close to five. There was just a constant flow of people, young people, coming in here. And it was my understanding 
that a lot of them were townies. And, of course, that's somebody who lives in a college town and actually was born and raised, typically, or lives in the college town but doesn't go to the college. So these were very young people who were high school age, early 20s, that were out for this, and it was just absolutely wonderful. It's, it's, that's what appealed to me about it was I, I, I definitely saw people I knew that I expected to be there who the were activists. activists. Sure. But I saw a lot of people I'd never seen before, and they were, like you said, they were locals. The majority and of them. What actually. I really like about the movement that's happening here is that it's inspiring locals to get involved as well. And, uh, you know, it might have gotten started by some people who moved here from, from elsewhere for more freedom, but. It's uh, it's definitely taking hold with a lot of people here, and and that and I like that because it really has a sense of it's not an outsider movement; it's a local movement. The, I was blown away the fact that, like you say, sure the activists were there, but they were outnumbered by the, for lack of a better term, regular Keniacs, the yeah. uh, the non-liberty activist types. I guess you could call them activists for coming out to this particular event, uh, but the you know, the core group of activists that's involved in more than just marijuana decrim, they were far outnumbered. Oh, I yeah. would say maybe at most a third were were liberty activists today. Maybe, maybe. At, I would say at, mo- <laughs> at you, most. When you say yeah. maybe at, at most, most right. yeah. Right. So so throughout this group of very very mostly very young people, uh, the liberty activists were kind of spread out, and there were lots of conversations going on. I wasn't privy to most of them. Uh, Sam was there from obscuretruth.com. There was uh, certainly plenty of video that was taken, so that's going to start popping up over time as people have the chance. You had your camera out. You were shooting some uh, some quickie shots. And got I'm a sure lot of still shots, got some video clips. Um, so I was, would you post some of those if you've got I, some good clips? I will, actually. I will post. Um, I'm probably going to do uh, – I'll post them on my uh, Anarchy in Your Head video on YouTube channel, and then I'll put that on Free Keen. And – there were also some conversations with police. I didn't hear a lot of that. Uh, it was kind of noisy out there with all those people, obviously. Well, that's because the cops but, yeah. actually didn't even enter the park. They... No, they stayed on the edges of the park right. and just kind of had a presence without actually interfering, which was very interesting. No arrests were made. So... And there was smoking going on. If they if they had gone to any effort to look, you know, they, they would have caught people. They just didn't go to the effort. No, they, they didn't, didn't even step into the park. Foot. Well, the, there would have been a certain amount of a uh, police investigation going on. If I mean, there's two guys there. How in the world could they figure out who's smoking, who's not smoking, what they're smoking? Because the fact that they're smoking something that looks like a joint doesn't, in fact, mean that the person that's smoking that... There may have been some exactly. jokers there with some fake cigarettes. I don't oh, know. Oh, there, there were definitely some people that were smoking other than... And some people did both. Yes, I did smell I, some I know. I know I, I know there's some people who maybe had a joint and then swapped and then when they were done with that pulled out a mm-hmm. hand rolled cigarette which was just tobacco. Mm. So so um, one of the things I want to point out about this and there's a, a few other things to cover including the police and, and what their their response was some of the radio traffic I've got some summaries of what they said it was kind of interesting but what I found I was shocked I, I didn't think that it would be like this and it, I shocked in a very positive way I thought it was going to have to be the hardcore activists coming out to engage in a mass smokeout. I, I, I knew that there was going to be a mass smokeout at some point, some sort right. of publicly announced in advance mass marijuana consumption event. I figured that was going to happen. I thought it might have been a little bit further down the line, you know, maybe after the Motorhome Diaries guys got here and that might have stirred things up a little extra. But man, I my expectations were just shocked in a in a very positive way today because normally when you think of the marijuana smokers out there and them getting active, there's just not a lot of evidence that they do. Just at least from my understanding of my interactions with them over time in my activist career, getting a marijuana consumer to actually get active on behalf of 
just decriminalization, just that one issue, is not an easy thing to do. It really isn't. You would think it would be, but it's not. Getting college kids, I think for it instance. takes, yeah, I mean, there's certainly people who are passionate about that one issue. And, and I think what is making that possible is people who do care about liberty on a deeper level. And it's not just, a, you know, they're not just one issue wonders. And caring about liberty on a deeper level and being willing to actually take a risk and do activism, I think it, it, I think it, it, it takes uh, loving liberty leading in the a way. broader way. You're saying, you're saying the liberty activists are leading the way for the people that are just kind of on the periphery, that just the, I, the marijuana I, consumers? I think so, and I, but I also think that, I think that it's coming, a time is coming when, when people are uh, not just liberty activists. I, I, I often think that liberty, the liberty activism that's happening right now is a symptom of, of, of an awakening that's happening all across mm-hmm. the board in America, especially, but uh, where people I do I think are becoming aware of the tyranny of the state and and bigger, I hope in a so. broader sense. And so I think that a lot of people who may have just been one issue wonders and you know maybe just uh, you know understand that the drug war is actually a huge intrusion into privacy and a, and a huge intrusion into uh, into liberty and, and doing so much more damage than just you know oh I can't smoke a joint when I'd like to. It's it's so much deeper than that. Sure. I, what I would say is most of the people there today were not one-issue wonders. You're talking about I activists. That's the not, people that's that were there today were just marijuana consumers yeah. that had come out, and that's what I was shocked by, the fact that these people who otherwise would have just been consuming marijuana in the privacy of their homes or with their friends or away from any sort of video cameras came out, and they enjoyed themselves, and they were very courageous and heroic yeah. uh, for coming out and, and doing this today. They were the super majority of the you know the significant majority of the people there today. It was amazing. There's more to tell. Uh, 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Were you there today? What was your experience? This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Candy. For inspiring ideas for your next celebration, be sure to visit us at celebrationcorner.com. You don't have to wait for a holiday to plan a festive meal. Celebrate anytime with a fun menu or creative theme. Invite friends for a roll-your-own sushi dinner. Or surprise your family with a birthday cake when it's nobody's birthday. Fun is the name of the game, so make up a special reason of your own. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And freetalklive.com features including the shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see it for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot yet? Well, you should. He has five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to frontsite.com for your training and your free gun. That's frontsite.com. Dot com. So this afternoon at 4.20 in Keene's Central Square here in beautiful Keene, New Hampshire, the place where we produce this radio program, the place uh, which I'm calling New Hampshire's Liberty Activist Destination, because I think it really is uh, something that people are seriously looking at, people that, are, that consider themselves lovers of liberty that are willing to take action 
A lot of them are looking at Keene. A lot of them are looking at Manchester as well, uh, to be fair. But I figure we might as well claim that uh, that title. While why not? <laughs> uh, so freekeen.com is of course a place to go to learn more about some of the activism happening here, and that's where some of the video footage will be posted from today. Maybe some audio. I think we might get some uh, the audio posted of what the police said over their uh, their radio system because it's one of the things that we offer at Freekeen is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week stream of the police radio traffic. <laughs> and it's also being recorded 24 hours a day as well. So anything that goes out, we get it. And it sort of just kind of adds an interesting extra dimension to the regular level of coverage that any sort of activism will get here. Every now and then you get some really choice little tidbits yes. of sound, too. <laughs> and, and I'll share some of those. I don't actually have the audio, but I'll share some of the summaries here in a, in a moment. It was amazing. It was a 420 celebration where about 100 people came out over a period of maybe 45 minutes and there was cannabis smoking going on. The police stayed to the edge of the park. They didn't They didn't even set foot in the park. They just stayed to the outside and kind of conversed with people as they approached them to talk to them. Uh, there was not a single arrest. And when I'd gotten there, kind of a neat little story, when I'd gotten uh, and, and pulled my car up and I was putting some money in the, the meter and I walked down toward the circle, as I was walking away from the car... I heard some guys, because the traffic is just awful through the circle, so a lot of people just sit and wait as they're trying to get in. So I heard some of the guys talking in one of the cars that was driving that was driving down the street, and I heard them talking about what was going on in the circle. So obviously they had already gotten word, because they hadn't gotten close enough to see it yet. And they, they mentioned something about Free Keen. I turned over and looked, and they held up one of our flyers, one of the Free Keen flyers. <laughs> now, they just happened to have that in their car with them? Because nobody was handing them out at the, uh, the, the event. They hadn't been to the event yet. So these young people that were just in Keene, driving through, happened to have a, one of our free Keene warning flyers. They're we're really, making our mark here, they are, I'm telling you. These and, ideas yeah. have to be getting out there and in a way that we just don't even realize right now. It's yeah. amazing. So I get there, and there's probably a good 60 people there. Uh, throughout the entire time, people are coming in from all over the place, and mostly young people. It was just a wonderful, positive event. Uh, but what was even more positive than the event itself was what happened during it. And I think this was the most awesome part. Because if you go to the Union Leaders website, it's one of the New Hampshire newspapers, probably the biggest one in New Hampshire. They did an article about the Keene marijuana decriminalization thing because the city council about a week ago was considering a decrim uh, measure or considering encouraging decrim, something like that. I think they wanted to actually do some level of re fine reduction for uh, yeah. marijuana I think possession. The, what I just read recently about it, it sounds like they wanted to come out against it or come out against come out for decriminalizing marijuana, even though it would not have any teeth, so to speak, because no, it's not it, under their jurisdiction? That's not it. No? What it. What it was was there was two things. One of them was for uh, medical marijuana, where they could make a just a suggestion to the representatives, the so-called representatives in, in the state house. That's what you're talking about there. The other one was an actual decrim measure for the city of Keene to reduce the fine or something like that. They hadn't actually crafted well, it was what to make, the details were. Uh, my understanding was to make the first-time offense just a fine, and then um, that way somebody who made a mistake... That was the suggestion, but the details hadn't been crafted yet. Absolutely so true. There's nothing that's officially on the table, but they could actually do some level of decrim uh, within the, the city of Keene. So that's what that okay. was about. So that happened, and so the union leader had written an article about it that had mentioned the marijuana smoking that had gone on earlier this week. Well, if you go to that article, and it's linked to at freekeen.com, and you read the comments, they're pretty depressing. 
I mean, if you read through these comments, they're kind of the typical attack the uh, the marijuana smokers comments, call them stupid, you're rotting your brain cells, bunch of losers, why don't you get a job? You know, just the usual cliches that you can expect people to trot out, the usual misinformed nonsense when it comes to certain people's opinions of what a marijuana smoker is. And look, I understand why people have these mis uh you know they they uh they believe this misinformation. It's out there in popular culture. What marijuana smoking movie shows marijuana smokers or cannabis uh users to be really brilliant individuals, right? It's it's usually kind of in pop culture that cannabis users are a bunch of dullards, they're a bunch of idiots and a bunch of losers, well, right? If you, right. Understood. If you uh you know sort of if if you Take a look at the demographics of pot smoking. Generally, you'll find younger people, not older people. And, um, you know, that's, that's going to be kind of the, it's, it's an easy way to write them off. I, yeah. uh, you know, if you probably, if you took the numbers, you'd find that, uh, you know, that, that, that they would be younger people because, and younger people, it seems to me, don't have quite as much motivation as, say, people with families or things like that. They don't have the well, reasons for motivation. Well, it's also because a lot of those movies are comedies and yeah. that's sure. what's funny, sure. you know, and, no, no, and they're I not, understand. they're not actually. Yeah, I do too. I mean, but but you're right. It, it cre- that's why that's the image people have because that's where they've seen it, and they don't know people personally. But the thing that they need to look at the people the people making these comments is these people that you're talking about are your sons, your daughters, yes. your your the the friends of your sons and daughters, people the 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 sons and daughters of your friends, people that you believe it or not have uh, in your lives now, and I'll, might respect. I'll grant you that the police don't manage to round them up all the time on a regular basis, but one good arrest can uh, of something like this can prevent them from getting that good job that they wanted to get, and it's not right. it, it it's not what it doesn't it, there's no point the in respectable it. marijuana smokers, and when I say respectable, I mean the people driving the upper crust cars and wearing a business suit, the the respectable types they're not going to come out to this event. Well, some of them were standing around the circle, not in the park, but kind of around by the businesses that are on the periphery. They were standing and watching. And you know that some of those people are are marijuana consumers, but exactly, they're not going to come out because they feel like there may be too many consequences at their job or there may be too many consequences uh, in the future if they were to be seen doing that. So, yes, the majority of people here were, uh, were high school age, young, maybe early 20s that were participating today. And I don't know if anybody was wearing a business suit, but obviously it would be ideal to have... All of the people, or at least represented a representation of the actual marijuana consuming community out there. Right. But where I wanted to go with that was if you look at the comments on that union leader story, you see all the typical crap that people like to talk about con- cannabis consumers because there are so many closeted, respectable consumers out there. Look at those comments and then. What I want to tell you about is what amazing thing happened at this particular event. It was completely unplanned, and it was just the icing on the cake, and it's a total F you to all those people that are talking trash about cannabis users being shiftless losers. I'll explain what it was here in a few moments. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Dale. 
and Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including live streams. We have a broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam. It's all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And we're in talks about expanding our listening options in the future. We'll tell you more about that as time goes on here. And uh, we'll get back to the marijuana protest slash, I guess it wasn't really even a protest. There were some signs, demonstration slash celebration, 420 celebration here, attended by nearly 100 people in beautiful uh, little Keene, New Hampshire, our little corner of uh, of New Hampshire. It was amazing. We'll get back to that shortly because I do want to tell you about what the icing on the cake was. But let's talk first to Aleko in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Aleko. Uh, hi, friends. Hey, you're Aleko. on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, that, that 420 thing sounds pretty fun. Yes, it was, and it's going to happen tomorrow, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry. I just want to interject. We were talking before the show, Dale and I, about whether anything like this has happened before. And I said, well, yeah, there have been smokeouts that have happened on college campuses and things. But have they happened every single day of the week? That's what's happening here. It's amazing. Go ahead. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, well, I called about an uh, independent film, but I, I was hoping I could do a quick rebuttal real fast. Sure. Um, I, I called a couple days, and I, and I told you guys that I, I like calling myself an anarchist because it gets attention. And, um, and, and, and you, Ian, thought that that was kind of a macho-type thing to say. And um, I don't know if you remember, but... but yeah, I, I called um, it a libertarian macho flash. So one of the terms yeah, I picked up from the Advocates for Self-Government. Yeah, that's exactly what you called it, and and I just want to say I didn't mean it. I I I don't really do it like that. I didn't mean it like that. Um, I, by the attention I, I don't think it. I don't think it matters the, how you yeah, intend. Like it. you could say I'm an anarchist. You could say it in the <laughs> nicest way you want to say it. You're still saying something to the effect of, in, into this person's mind, something just shy of, I sacrifice children. You well, that's, that's my that's my point, and it's actually it's what I would say after I tell people I'm an anarchist. That's important is I is I tell people I'm an anarchist for whatever the shock value for them to start listening to me, and then the next thing I always say is I'm a peaceful anarchist, and that mm. takes away a lot of their preconceived notions. And and and, and, that's I, and, good. and, and, and yeah, and I, and I think it's because I because I try volunteerist, and nobody knows what I'm talking about, and they think that means I'm yeah I want people to voluntarily. Yeah, yeah, it's each not, other perfect. It's not I've, perfect. I've heard that. I've heard that too. Um, the the volunteering. I would rather people think that I want people to volunteer to do things than, than I destroy would... storefront windows or right. something like and that. And this peaceful anarchist thing. I've just got to say, I don't like the the term anarcho capitalist twice. Um, I I do kind of like the term capitalist for the same reason you like the term anarchist. I have a little attachment to it. But um, uh-huh. the 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 term anarchist turns people off. Even if you say you're a peaceful one, all that means to them is, well, you're the you know, you're the people on the side sideline supporting the de- the violent ones there's i like well, the uh, well i mean I, I can see what you mean but i've had some success with it i think i think i think whatever I, works you for know, you man. i can explain yeah but anyway, ahead, the reason uh, i'm calling is because dale well, hold on a second dale um, wanted to jump in on this go ahead Oh, sure. Well, I will try to keep it brief because I said it before a while back, but if you start from anarchist, you have to convince them that that word is not as scary and powerful as it sounds. And if you start from voluntarist, you have to convince them in the other direction that that actually that word actually entails a lot more than what it sounds like because it, it sounds like, okay, I just I support people doing volunteer work or something like that. So either way, you exactly. have to get them back to the middle, which is actually a very reasonable position. Um it's just that, that for most people, though, they don't they don't get either word. 
Right, but but I think they get anarchists more than voluntarists. Like you say, anarchists, they know you're against government, but they also think you're like a crazy bomb person. But but you know, so when you when you add peaceful to it, I I think uh, well, at least for me, it's it's a way to. Yeah, I think it's I think it certainly helps uh, express that you're not one of the dangerous folks, and I I think there's some some value there. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Yeah, I wanted to talk real quickly about independent film because last week when Dale was on, you guys were talking about some movie you guys made. Yeah, there was, uh, it was actually Jason Osborne, uh, the guy behind SACL CAI, one of our main sponsors on the program, his uh, Think Twice News. Uh, they have been actually, they are now producing a, a fictional film. Yeah, that's cool. And, 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 I, and I work in the film industry here in Albuquerque, and I'm also an independent filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you, and you were wondering how, how independent film gets marketed. And, um, and, I, and I think I may be able to help you out a little bit with that. Okay. If you, if you, yeah, so. Um, uh, and, when you, and the hard part about making independent film is actually making it, is actually funding it and getting it done and shooting it and everything. The easy part is the marketing part because that's when you just um, shoot it off to film festivals. And, 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 it's, and, and it's something that's easier than you think. It costs a little bit of money, um, probably anywhere from 50 to $200 per entry. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, uh, but there's film festivals going on all over the country, all over the world actually, and they take submissions online and in the mail and everything, and it's a lot of. And when you get into them, it's a lot of fun to like go track your movie down and, and see with audiences, and and that's the best way to try to get a movie sold is just have it seen um, as much as you can. And um, so eventually, and, and, some you know, eventually some producers' eyeballs or some sort of uh, company distribution company's eyeballs will come across it, and hopefully they'll see it and they'll like it, get in touch with you, and bada boom, bada bing, huh? Yeah, sort of, and 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 the challenging thing is, is, is you know, is, even if it's a good movie that's popular, it's not like it doesn't mean it's going to get sold. That's why a lot of independent films try to get name actors in it. Um, um, you know, like I, I'll just throw it like Juno or Napoleon Dynamite or something like that. Um, th- those movies, you know, they they get made independently. They get, they're self-funded or they find mm-hmm. funding from somewhere. Uh, and 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 the fact that there's main actors in it and if, and it could be sold to an audience it attracts things like you know Warner Brothers or whoever is going to distribute yeah. it for you. Neat. Yeah, and there's also things like the Independent Film Channel that plays a lot of independent stuff that never gets released, which is a, which is a really cool channel. And well, uh, thanks for like the, that. Thanks and, for the heads up on that. I certainly appreciate it. You should post something yeah, sure. on like the FTLBBS because I know that they follow that. And uh, if you wanted to try and get involved in the discussion about it, that'd be a good way to do it. On the Free Talk Live BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com. Aleko, appreciate your call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So big marijuana uh, civil disobedience event today. It was a 420 celebration. It's going on on a daily basis now here in Keene. And it just keeps getting bigger. I can't imagine it can get too much bigger, but what do I know, right? I didn't think that. I thought that people were going to, sh- maybe a few people were going to show up today. I thought a lot of people were going to chicken out because it had been a- a- announced for the first time. So, <laughs> the, so the, the smokeouts have been happening throughout the week, but nobody had announced it publicly until last night when we announced this one that happened today. And so I figured, well, that's probably going to result in people staying home. And that's going to hurt the the turnout. Who knows what will happen? Turns out that three times as more more than three times as many people showed up today as compared to yesterday. So I was completely blown away by the the amount of participation. But constantly, cannabis consumers are being um, maligned as being lazy and shiftless and uh, useless to society. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. There was a great little example of how wrong those people are today. 
At one point during the 45 minutes or so that we were out there, somebody broke down in one of the turn lanes. Now, this is a central square right in the middle of Keene that's a very large intersection, different cars going different directions and all over the place. And so at the stoplight, one guy had broken down. There are two cops standing uh, one of them's in his car, the other one's standing outside of Central Square, right across from where this guy broke down. You can hear on the radio traffic where one of the cops says to his boss, uh, as he, has, he asks permission to leave the circle and go and deal with something that actually is obstructing traffic and something that he should be dealing with as uh, Something a, as obstructing a traffic other than them because they were they obstructing were traffic, yeah. yes. <laughs> he asks his supervisors. By the time he's still doing his radio thing between him and his supervisors, four or five, maybe more than that, of the uh, the folks that were hanging out at the 420 celebration went, got behind this guy's SUV and pushed. They moved this thing fast, man. There were a bunch of people there to, to help out with this. They they acted. They did something for their community right out there in front of everybody else. And it's clear that these people, a lot of them are upstanding individuals. They're people that you can trust. They're people that, uh, that are, like you said, Mark, your that brothers, your sisters, your friends, your family members, your co-workers. They helped this guy out that the cops were just standing around. What do we do? Boss, can we go over there? They got it done while the cops just stood around. 800-259-9231 is a great example of people reaching out and helping out their fellow man. Free Talk Live. More coming up here. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. I love the British Sovereign. It's about a quarter ounce, which is usable for a gold coin. They tend to be older and thus are numismatic and untracked by the government. They have the 100-year-old wow factor for the layman and are easily storable for emergencies. You can get them for only $288. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold. FreeTalkLive.com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938. Gold.FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. We're inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can see our Facebook profile by going to facebook.freetalklive.com. It'll take you right to it. And you can become a fan. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Let me tell you about the vitamin and antioxidant that I've been taking here recently. It's called Choose for Health's Superfruit Complex. It is, as I said, a vitamin and an antioxidant all combined into one. It contains goji, mangosteen, acai, and nani fruit. And these fruits are con- uh, considered by many experts to be the most nutrient-rich fruits the world has to offer. Uh, you can try it out for a week by calling 800-219-8874. They'll send you a free week. All you have to do is pay a little bit for shipping and handling and get it to you. It's 800-219-8874. It's called Choose for Health's Superfruit Complex. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. So just a little bit more discussion here on the amazing activist event that happened today here in Keene. More, I'm sure, video is going to be available eventually at freekeene.com. It's not been posted quite yet. These things do sometimes take a little bit of time. Uh, But there were about 100 people that came out today, and they joined in a 420 celebration. I don't know how many of the 100 actually participated in uh, consuming cannabis 
but it was being consumed. That I am certain of. I, yeah. I, I did know that. And well, there, there's bound to be somebody in that crowd doing that, even well, if it's uh, you know mostly decoys or, or dummies or whatever. Who knows? Yep. So it was it was just wonderful. And, and for certain, there were some that were real though. It's going to continue. Uh, in fact, it's going to be an every everyday thing apparently. For how long that will go for? For how long people will continue to turn out in mass? I don't know, but it's nonetheless been uh, pretty exciting so far seeing that many regular people coming out to an activism opportunity it was great so dale you were telling me during the break that there is sort of fake marijuana out there on the internet right it smells like it looks like but it doesn't have any thc in it isn't that correct i've heard of that i don't know how much it smells or looks like it i've heard that it looks like something in the advertisements and then you get something else entirely like a bag of oregano yeah when they actually (laughs) deliver it so i don't i've never actually ordered any of that stuff i have no actual real experience with it but maybe you have maybe you can tell us at 800-259-9231 so mark why weren't you there today you were pretty excited about it Uh, last night we were talking about maybe rolling up a joker cigarette and, and going out there and you know essentially operating as decoys uh, for the police and you seem like you're pretty jazzed up about it and then today what what happened well i um I, laura cracked the whip over you or something? <laughs> that's very nice you know that i would not be uh, out there smoking real marijuana because that's uh, you know I, I don't do that my wife i made that arrangement with my wife mm-hmm. um however uh, what i did do is i the, the politician that introduced the the decriminalization the marijuana thing uh here in town i wanted to talk to him about uh, you know this this protest and see what he thought and he was of the opinion that it is uh, detrimental to his his goals in order to in the, you know this this protest. And <laughs> I don't know whether I think that's true or not. I think that uh, you know historically the fact is that uh, you know uh, usually there seems to be a sort of a two prong uh, thing going on in history that there are people working outside of the system, people working inside of the system, and that's what makes sort of legislation significant change. Yeah, right. It, it seems to. However, um, at the same, t- you know, at the same time, the guy didn't want uh, it to happen, so I wasn't going to go. So I you decided to, to cancel your plans to attend mm-hmm. because of what a politician said. He's not a politician, actually. He's uh, oh, that's true. He's, he would be very upset. Citizen. He would be very upset at me if uh, if he was. Here. He probably is listening to this. I'm sure he is. But, um, but I, you know, out of respect for the guy who introduced this legislation that I feel yeah. is great. I mean, do you agree? It's great legislation um, that they're trying, that they're making an effort. Well, I, I appreciate what Fred uh, did, and as far as Fred Fred Parcells is who we're talking about here yeah. in Keene, and if you've been at FreeKeene.com and read the comments, you've certainly encountered him, but. I think that it's great what he did, that he got the discussion started. Mm-hmm. That I appreciate. I appreciate that he's a former cop who's come to the conclusion that uh, that drug decriminalization is a uh, a solution, <laughs> whereas the drug war is just something that just keeps hurting people. And I think he's come to those conclusions, and I think that's that's valuable. So I think I think that he's made those choices correctly, and that's great. But as far as the proposal, not very impressive. The proposal was that, well, decrim in his mind is not arresting on a first-time offense, but a significant fine. That's what I understand from from the uh, the articles that were written about the proposal. For me, that's not real decriminalization. That's just a joke. Uh, I think well, that in joke. order to have it's, real, it, it's a because what now it's a reduction is, in harm. But that's what's happening now. People are getting a fine. Okay, they may be arrested, taken down to the Keene Police Department, uh, and processed out, and not actually held in a jail cell overnight. But they are getting fined when they go into the courtroom for this, and so and the fines are already significant. So I didn't really see that as being anything more than just avoiding an arrest and just handing someone a ticket. 
I mean, I guess you're right to that extent, Mark. It is decrim. It's the most incremental baby step decrim I've ever heard of. I'll take it. There's no reason why, if the points you're making are valid, and they are, what Fred would say about it is, you know, fairly valid to say, like, hey, he was a cop. This didn't work. He's, uh, it doesn't make sense to hurt people like this. So stop hurting them with a $420 fine. Yes. That's the fine for marijuana here in Keene. It's Currently. like a big tongue-in-cheek joke, apparently. I think that might the... be... Is that is there a range and that's the lowest fine after I they apply the penalty? Know. I don't know. Is there a fine on the fine? Right. That includes the penalty charge fee. or something. Right. Once you get fined, yeah. they have a 20% fee that goes on top of the fine yeah. here. And, and so that it turns 20% out to, plus, the, plus the lowest fine adds up to 420 to four, ironically $20. enough. Right. right. So... So, no, that's not – look, if your points are valid about decriminalization and why putting peaceful people in jail is wrong and that if there's no victim, there's no crime, and all of those points, and I, uh, th- those points are absolutely valid, then there's no reason why whoever it is that's pushing from the political standpoint for decriminalization shouldn't be pushing for the real deal, the full I, I, shebang. I completely agree with you, and I think that's, that's – that's, those are the points we should be making. And is this that, is one of is my biggest... There are no victims. I will say this, though. I'm not sure those are the arguments. I may not have seen all of the arguments made, but the arguments I saw made were things like, you know, they're still talking about it like it's a mistake, but it's not that serious I, right. enough. And I'm like, well, I think it's a little silly to talk about it like it's a mistake even. But, right. Um, I, I don't think just... it's a mistake. For me, c- consuming cannabis has not been a mistake in my life. Yeah. It's been a, an integral right. part It's It's, to, it's, to it's a really quite trivial thing. And, and, and the... And there's also, you know, and 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 I also heard arguments like on the other side that, you know, well, isn't this going to pave the way for surgeons to be high before they do surgery oh, and everything? Ludicrous. I'm like, hold on, sure. they can drink legally. They're not drunk when they're doing surgeries. Right. Why do people think all of a sudden people are going to engage in in behavior that requires tremendous mental faculty and be under the influence that of any type of drug? You know. But if, if, before you jump in here, I, I have a couple of things to say. The fact is, and um, it, I believe that this is true. That Fred believes, and I believe also that you have to do, you have to uh, to propose the legislation that will. Get the, the the conversation even started. If you just say, That's "I nonsense. propose that we get rid of any legislation that uh, that prevents people from smoking marijuana," you're going to be laughed out of the freaking city hall. I'm sorry. Go ahead, put on your your I'm V mask, your clown hat, I'm not, and go in there and tell them, like, you know, we need to make this marijuana is why legal. politics. One of the big reasons why politics sucks. It politics because of sucks. a bunch of absolutely mouthed crap like these wimpy proposals like this uh, medical marijuana proposal in uh, new hampshire that has been so difficult to get through sure it that has. is the weakest most pathetic marijuana uh, medical marijuana provision you can possibly imagine it doesn't even allow patients to grow their own plants it's so bad it's state controlled uh, distribution they'd open up if it passes they'd open up a few state controlled distribution points so all the people with uh, with you know crippling conditions have to get in their car or have somebody go and pick up the marijuana from this distribution point and bring it back. They can't just tend to a few plants themselves or have a friend tend to the plants for them. This is the kind of crap that these politicos spend time and significant money and effort on attempting to pass, and it still gets shot down. So if you're going to have a debate about decriminalization, why not debate the issue of full decriminalization? That's what is wanted by the people who are in the marijuana community. That's what people want. Want, that's actually isn't that actually a, a majority viewpoint now? In fact, just overall for decrim, I, the, yeah, decrim. I, I think, think people, me, I, think I think medical think, marijuana is certainly uh, a majority. I don't know if decrim is actually con, is. is uh, I thought it had actually. It, it reached probably a majority. is a majority it's by close. a certain age group. Yeah, if you say, under thirty-five. Like, you better believe something it. like that. Yeah. Hmm. So 
the, put it on the table, the, the idea of decriminalization. It's not radical to say stop putting peaceful people in jail cells. It's not radical to say that peaceful people who haven't harmed others should not have their money extracted from them. That's he, not radical ideas at all. Even in the most uh, – even in the in, – if you define radical as based on mainstream viewpoint, which – which I think is largely how it's looked at is the mainstream viewpoint. Uh, if if you veer from that tremendously, that's considered a radical viewpoint. So uh, even from that, I think that you know it's because it's the this culture's changing. The yeah. culture's changing. It's it's time now. Real People quick, are ready for. We're going to get back to this. I want to give away a Tota sack. We've been talking about the Tota sack. It is 100% recycled, so strong, going to allow you to carry. Grocery bags back from the car, easier than you've ever done it. You can probably bring them all in at once. It's an amazing device. I've been using it here at home. Used mine today. Um, I, it's the it's the most amazing device that you never knew you needed. We want you to get yourself a two-pack. Dial in right now at 603-435-1105. Totasac.com is the website. 603-435-1105. Caller 2. You win a two-pack of the Totasac. As a small business owner, you know that communication between clients and employees is essential to your company's success. Email is part of your company's DNA, but you didn't get into business to manage email. It's time to evolve with DNAmail.com. Get Microsoft Exchange-hosted email services with free activation and setup, 24-7 support, and 99.99% guaranteed uptime, all starting at $8.95 a month. DNA Mail even supports your BlackBerry and iPhone and offers a free Microsoft SharePoint Internet portal to keep everyone connected. Look, you know what it costs to set up an email system. Don't blow your budget on fighting viruses and having an IT specialist on call. Save time and money with DNAMail.com. Every standard or unlimited exchange mailbox will get a free copy of Microsoft Outlook 2007 or Entourage 2008. Call us at 800-628-3204. That's 800-628-3204. Or visit dnamail.com and join the evolution. This is Free Talk Live. It is your program to take control of if you choose. You may dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231 and literally bring up anything. Why we call it Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live tonight brought to you by audible.com and audiblepodcast.com slash FTL specifically. That's the URL you need to go to Audible to get your choice of over 60,000 Audio entertainment titles. I think most of them are books, but they have other things there, too. Yeah, they've got uh, magazines. Radio and, show archives mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Get your free audiobook download. You can listen to it whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. And in every genre, Audible has it covered. So get your free audiobook now at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Once you're a uh, sort of a member of, of Audible po- uh, audiblepodcast.com, they also have 250 unabridged audiobooks for only four ninety five each. So they've got some very low-priced audiobooks once you get your free one. Great deal. All right, let's continue here, taking your phone calls about what you want. We're going to go to Chris in Georgia on the amp line. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. Uh, hey, Ian. Hey, Mark. Hey, um, Dale. Hey, Chris. What's How on your mind tonight? Doing? Yes. On August 30th, I was actually walking home from a bar after having three and a half beers, uh, and I was arrested for Why'd you have a half a beer? Under the, uh, because... <laughs> 
<laughs> because I uh, knew how bad I was. I ended up walking home. No, no, no. Tell me about the half beer. <laughs> Maybe you'd had I enough, Mark. At... Oh, I, no, I did have enough. I knew that. So you just pushed the beer I back. Stopped. Yeah, I put the beer down. So you're an alcohol abuser. And walked out. You, you yeah. left that beer completely unattended there. Do you understand how the Irish? You know how you get in, how you figure out whether you get into. In, you know how the Irish determine whether you get into heaven. How's you get, that? You how? go into uh, in purgatory, and they they take all the beer that you've wasted throughout your life, and they pour it into a bucket, or the, or that you've spilt. You know, any beer that you <laughs> you poured down the drain or spilt, they pour it into a bucket, and they dunk you head first into the bucket, and if you drown, you don't you go to hell. <laughs> Normally, I don't have enough time to get the rim shot ready, but uh, there you go. All right, so what were you calling about tonight? You said you had, you no, left the I bar. Was, yeah, I left the bar, and I was walking home. I had stopped by the convenience store. I was finishing up a cigarette. I was about to go in and get a, a sports drink, uh, and all of a sudden, my hands were put behind my back and okay. handcuffed. Oh, my. And I was arrested, brought downtown. uh I had to miss a day of work for that because yes. I was arrested for pedestrian under the influence. <laughs> what are I you supposed to do? Right. There's there's just nothing you can do. Do you? Is if it, is they want to get you, they're going to get you. If yeah, they need to get yeah, someone, if they are bored and they need to arrest someone, they will find someone doing something. What was the investigation here on the part of the police? How, How did they, they ascertain that you were uh, intoxicated? Uh, according to the ticket that I saw after I got out of jail, I ended up getting out of jail, having to call out of work because, and you don't know how embarrassing that was, having mm-hmm. to call into work. Yes, I can't come into work today because I was arrested and I had to spend the night in jail. Well, if anything, it'll become less embarrassing over time as more people spend time in jail. It'll be like, oh yeah, no problem, man. I was there two weeks ago. Because <laughs> so many people are being arrested for just silly nonsense uh, these days. Probably isn't as big of a deal as it might have once been. Anyway, go ahead with uh, with your story. Yeah, uh, but it—it's just so—it was just so amazing. I had to keep my mouth shut to keep. I actually exercised my rights. I didn't say one word to the police officer. Really? I, I did the. Uh, I don't. Get, I, I'm going to remain silent. Did you do a and breathalyzer? No. Okay. That's did, not good. Did they ask you if you wanted if, if you would do a breathalyzer? I'm just wondering. How did they know you were drunk? Uh, on the ticket, it said uh, the officer smelled alcohol on me. Mm-hmm. Oh, good this grief! This is in downtown Atlanta, Dale. Yeah. Oh dear, so, that's my hometown. So, so you were at the the convenience store getting ready to go inside, and the cop grabs your hand. You didn't even see the cop until you were in the in the cuffs. Correct. I, I had no clue what was going on. I had three and a half beers on an empty stomach. Was I a little bit out of it? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Three and a half years on an empty stomach, yeah. Where's but the victim? I, that's right. what I'd like to know. Where is the victim? Uh, I, that's what I would ask in court. He might have you put bumped the into the someone stand? and, and um, something. I don't know, man. That is so <laughs> strange. Uh, can, can you put? Yeah, I would ask to, to put the victim on the stand. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. I ended up pleading no low contende. What's that mean? I've heard it before, but I never uh, No contest. Oh, okay. No contest. It's not guilty and it's not innocent. It's saying I'm just not going to fight the charge. It's it's well, you'll you know. generally if you uh, do plead no low contendere, often they'll have an adjudication of guilt inv- involved in ex- the acceptance of the plea. Do you know about that, Chris? No, I don't. All I know is uh, 
the judge, when I went up both times, well, when I went up after, you know, being in lockup with all the uh, people who actually had victims to their crimes, the judge looked at my thing and looked at my record. This is the first time I've ever been arrested in my entire life. I'm 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And the judge rolled his eyes and said, uh, you're free to go. Wait for wait to find your court date. Well, it's I'm not like he did you a big favor or anything like that. You're still going to court. He didn't dismiss the charge. What are you looking at here? Is this a misdemeanor? Uh, it's a ticket. So it's a violation? Uh, it's not even a misdemeanor? Correct. Okay, and what is the uh, maximum penalty that you're looking at? Uh, $207 fine, but I've already been to court. Uh, my court date, I'm lucky, was literally two days after my arrest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I got time served. Time served. So so they waived the $200 fine for the amount of time that you'd spend in jail? Yeah, the 14 <laughs> hours I spent in jail. This is it. Still finds um, finds him guilty, which I you know yeah. I don't like. But at the very least, you don't have to deal with it. I understand. I've I've done the same thing myself. Well, I'm sorry yeah, to hear. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about that. And I'm sure you're not the only person who has had such an encounter. And how ludicrous! I mean, the idea that you can be intoxicated on the street and be committing a crime because you have some alcohol in your in your veins. I mean, do, these cops go and they drink at places. They go the, they go to bars and they drink. They go to their friends' houses and they drink. If you have to walk to your car or if you have to walk to somebody else's car, you can be arrested. If somebody's giving you a ride, just the the tra- uh, the travel from the bar to the car. Is the, is the point of this to give the taxi cabs business? Is that the point of this legislation? I don't know. Or is it to keep people from stumbling around in the streets? Is that the idea? Just what? to extract money from that's and, what it and, is, isn't and it? time and you know to show their power. It's disgusting. So, Chris, uh, yeah. anything else you want to share? Uh, yes. Uh, the evening that I was arrested. Uh, there were three armed robberies <laughs> up the street, literally three blocks away. Yeah, but that requires a, armed robber? That yeah. requires actual effort and risk and yeah. personal risk to the officers. And, you know, even though that's the image that everyone has of police officers, that they're these heroic people who risk their lives for other people, they're constantly trained to uh, look out for number one, like keep make sure their own safety is handled first and... So on. So. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. I'm glad you're okay, and it didn't. You know, it could have been certainly could have been worse. Uh, obviously, I think not paying the fine would have been great had you been hit with it. But then again, you're in Atlanta, so is it going to have any effect? I mean, if you're in a big city and you do non-cooperation and you're the only one around who's doing it, is that going to affect anything? Will it actually? Is it worthwhile? How do you feel about that, Chris? No, but it certainly uh, has encouraged me to move to New Hampshire. There you go. As part of the Free State Project. Excellent. Quicker. When are you coming up? Uh, probably later this year. All right. We'll look Excellent. forward to seeing you here, and thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Really, it's a it's a reasonable thing to do is to just leave it behind. There's no hope, in my opinion, for places like that. It's too big. They're too entrenched. Here yeah. in Ke- here in Keene, little old Keene, 25,000 people live here. It's got enough uh, amenities to be comfortable. There are big box stores and stuff like that, the uh, you know, the usual chain stuff that you're used to, the McDonald's, the Burger King, all that stuff is here. So he's got that level of comfort, but at the same time, the government is so small. And, and the government and the size... And the whole, whole th- place has a small town, quaint yes. feel to it it's as well, despite being, a, despite being a city, actually. And, and there's wonderful uh, foliage and uh, the mountain and everything. But, uh, Speaking but my, of which, it's going to be one heck of a year for foliage. My point here in general 
and it's already starting to change. Yeah. Uh, but my point here is that in New Hampshire, one of the big sales points about New Hampshire, one of the reasons why it was voted for the Free State Project as the choice, is because of the small burden of government here. Yeah, it's still a, a government is still in the way and taxing and. But compared to the other 50 states, New Hampshire's burden is, I believe, the lowest of, of all of them. I think Alaska might be up there, too, but New Hampshire is up there, and it's uh, that's one of the big reasons to come here. More on the way, you can bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The chat room's there. We've got people in there. Usually best time is during show hours, but it's open 24-7 at chat.freetalklive.com. Now, are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-oriented people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Just join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And all of us on this radio program are Free State Project participants. We've all moved here, in the case of uh, the folks on the show tonight, all from the south. Uh, Dale, you're originally from uh, the Atlanta, Georgia area, as I understand it. Yes. And Mark and I from down in Sarasota, Florida. And it's been a wonderful experience so far, and it just keeps getting better as more new activists are showing up and other New Hampshire natives and New Hampshire longtime uh, residents are getting excited and, and getting active, we're starting to see some some change. I We had a marijuana event today like I'd never experienced. It was incredible. It's so. everything. It just keeps blowing my expectations. Yes, me too. I, I, keep, I have like high expectations, and it keeps uh, transcending that. So. All right, so we're going to keep, uh, keep going here with your phone calls about what you want. We'll go to Dave in Montana. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hey, yo, how hey. you doing? Hey, Dave, what's on your mind? Howdy, y'all. Uh, I'm thinking about that uh, decriminalization of marijuana. It's a bad idea. Why? It keeps Because it keeps the product oh, really, it, really high. It keeps the product keeps, cost high? Huh? You said it keeps the product cost high? Yeah, it keeps Why? it 400 bucks an That's ounce. That's not true. Why would that be true? I'm talking it, about full decriminalization. It keeps decriminalization. the underground alive. No, wait a minute, Dave. It keeps the corrupt bastards. No, that no, are, we're not on the same I line think, here. I think I think Dave is just misspeaking. You you may not be talking about decriminalization. Full decriminalization is what I was discussing earlier, and that's where there are no more laws about marijuana on the books. It essentially becomes a free product again, to where business owners would be able to sell it in their business, and the well, black market economy would go away. You're no, that's not legalization. Le- you're talking legalization. No, I'm not talking about legalization. Still means that it's against the law, but they're not going to make you a criminal by doing it. But I don't think you're right about that. But this is a debate that I guess people have been having for a long time. I have always understood legalization to mean that uh, that they're essentially. It is taken out of the realm of criminality, and then they create a government structure around it to tax it and to regulate it and to control it. Like alcohol. I I wanted to keep going and say I think it should be you take the money away from it and make it like wine and beer like you could make at your own house. You can make so much wine and beer. You can't make liquor. You trade it amongst yourselves. I think that's uh, likely what will happen. Um I, the, I, the teeth would be out of it, I think, even if if it became decriminalized, even if because even the the medical marijuana has turned into a capitalistic pig bastard that we're trying to avoid, like the pharmaceutical companies. Now 
you got to get pay a doctor $150 to sign the paper. You got to right. spend 50 That's bucks legalization. for the registration. What you you're gotta, talking about, Dave, is legalization there. When it's when the no, government that, That's for the, the medical thing. I'm telling you that's legalization of medical marijuana. It's not decrim, that's legalization. What you're describing there with marijuana and how it's very controlled, that there's the right, structure that benefits the doctors. I kind of see what you're saying. You're Thank saying you. the legalization means that the government is involved with it. Correct. To legalize, I mean, legal. Uh, uh, I think of legal meaning that the government has nothing to do with right, it. Right, that's you it's, know, a, it's one of your rights. You it's know, a, like, right. It's a common. It's a common misunderstanding. I mean, the whole term legal suggests the legal system. So I don't like the legal system at all. I think that it's uh, you know big bloated, uh, stupid bureaucracy that's very dangerous to people, and there's nothing that's uh, really great about it at all. So just keep it out of the system entirely. Just end the system's involvement with marijuana. That's what I support. That's and the first thing, is, first thing to do is release the people in jail for it. You bet. There's no reason that anybody should be in jail for a plant that will feed you, clothe you, house you, make fuel for you, and medicate you and never hurt anybody. Yep, you nailed that one. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate hearing from you as always. It's one of the terms that the, 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 the difference between legalization and decriminalization, I didn't understand it for a long time, and I think somebody had called in to explain it to us once, and that's where it really started to make sense. So the term legalize means to make legal. If you already have something that is just out there and there's no laws that are prohibiting it, then it's not legal, but it's not illegal either. It's right. just out there. It just is. Right. There's, you know, the, the weeds in your yard aren't legal or illegal. They're just present. Yeah. It's, it's hard, to, you know, it's hard it, to get your mind around that because when you do think the term legal, you think everything that's not illegal. There and, really are so many benefits, too, like they've just said. And I think that's a huge threat to the companies, the drug companies sure. who are making a killing on their legal drugs. And if if there are if there's this cheap and readily available plant that can have such incredible medicinal uh, value for so many different people suffering from so many different things, just think what a threat that is to the to these wealthy drug companies. Let alone all the other products that can be made from the hemp plant. I mean, right. those are also the people manufacturing those products. I mean, they could invest in hemp and then probably do pretty well for themselves because it's so renewable, it's so cheap. But that's one of the reasons why marijuana there's be a was lot made. Of, there's going to be a lot of competition, though, because it is yeah. so renewable and so cheap. That's true. It's one of the reasons why marijuana was made illegal in the first place was because of the industrialists, people like William Randolph Hearst and uh, whoever it was that was behind the DuPont company, yeah. actually using the federal government lobbying them to make the plant illegal so they could not have to worry about somebody planting a bunch of hemp plants and outgrowing their tree farm. For instance, with uh, when it comes to Hearst, he was a newspaper man. So that's the real history at least some of it, of uh, marijuana prohibition. It's just based out of total protectionism and total government fa- uh, favors for their buddies. The usual story, right? Government people providing fr- uh, providing benefits to their friends. In at industry, the cost of everyone else. At the cost of everyone and targeting their enemies as well. So uh, 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls about what you want. Stephen is in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stephen. Stephen, you are on the Hey, yo. Hey. <laughs> hey, yo, I haven't heard Dave from Montana in a long time. Yo. I think he called like a weekend ago, but go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah. Hey, you know, I was um, I was reading, uh, or rather listening to some old uh, Robert Lefebvre, um, I guess they were podcasts for their times back in the 60s and 70s, he used to sell these cassette tapes on the subjects of freedom and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> one of them is about the Fabian Society, and 
by golly, it turns out the Fabian Society was right. Do you guys know what that is, the Fabian Society? I'm not familiar. Aren't Fabians a kind of socialist? It's like the long-haired they, they blonde are, model, right? Oh, that's right, Fabio. Was, Fabio. <laughs> Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Fabio. He's not your type, yeah, is he? They, no, no, God, they were, no. They, they were a group of socialists back in the uh, early 20th century who realized that, in fact, George Bernard Shaw was one of them, uh, they realized that uh, all governments are socialistic in nature. Uh, every, the, the idea of government is socialistic. So they don't have to have some massive revolution like a lot of the Marxists wanted. Mm-hmm. All they would have to do is just kind of incrementally push whatever major political parties there are in the proper direction. And next thing you know, we would have a socialist government. And by golly, it, it, it appears they were right. Yep, they've been um, wonderfully successful from their perspective. Yeah. I want you to get into more detail here in a moment. Hang on. We'll come back and uh, talk more about the Fabian socialists because the socialists have had some serious, real uh, political success. You want to talk about people that understand how to manipulate the system and work within it and you know brainwash and all that. The socialists have done. You've got to hand it to them. They've done an amazing job. 1-800, why our job is so difficult. It's a downhill job for them. Yep. 800-259-9231. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us in Free Talk Live. Dot com. Uh, we will take your calls here about anything. Also, want to tell you about thinktwicenews.com. We mentioned them earlier tonight. Not only are they doing news at YouTube, but they're also producing uh, their own movie, their own fictional movie, which I understand probably will have some liberty themes in it. Uh, Dale, did you pick that up as you were working down there on it? Yeah, it'll it'll have liberty themes. All right, cool. So go to thinktwicenews.com. You get guns, protests, smoking bans, biker rallies, comic conventions, pork fest. Homeschooling, mortgages, pirates, hot chicks talking about liberty, and, of course, there's the puppet from outer space. You'll see what I mean if you go to thinktwicenews.com and subscribe today. That's thinktwicenews.com. I've watched that puppet uh, video so many times, it's still funny to me. All right, we continue here, uh, taking your phone calls about what you want. Actually, Mark, did you want to make a point on something before we continue with that? feel like you were talking about something during the break, and I told well, you to, uh, to make a note. About the Fabians, uh, the Fabian oh, socialism. Oh, yes, right. We still have uh, we still have Stephen on the line in Florida. Let's bring Stephen back here. Stephen, you're, uh, you're back on Free Talk Live. Hey there. All right, so yeah, go ahead. Um, you're, you're telling us about these socialists that uh, just wanted to take an incremental approach toward influencing government in an even more and more socialist direction. Right. Uh, Robert Lefebvre said that one of the, the Fabians' first victories was there was some kind of welfare bill. They started in England, and uh, there was some kind of welfare bill in England. There was two of them proposed. One was, oh, let's say $50 million. I mean, they measured in pounds, but let's talk in something we're familiar with. Let's say one was $50 million, and let's say the other one was $500 million. And the Fabians actually got the politicians, the, the so-called conservatives, to instead of arguing against any welfare program, mm-hmm. they, they said, listen, you know, conservatives, if you guys don't vote for the cheaper one, then the liberals will have enough votes to vote in the more expensive one. So you guys got to really vote for the for the uh, cheaper one. So so they succeeded in getting them to uh, to not talk about welfare versus no fair or no welfare, just uh, 
cheap welfare, you know, a cheap program versus a more expensive it's program. It's genius. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and, and they, they passed out little comic books, little tracks and stuff like this, little uh, uh, pamphlets that were pamphleteers. And they were also, the Fabians, by the way, were the originators of a phrase that you used just the other night, Ian, of uh, voting for the least uh, of uh, of the evils, or however that goes, the lesser of two evils. They came up, oh, you better vote for the lesser of two evils. Interesting. Well, yeah, yeah. They, they sure did. I think it's interesting um, to look at the, the socialist movement uh, of you know the last century, and I think that th- there's some parallels between uh, the, how the rise of socialism and the rise of sort of liber- libertarianism, because libertarianism is getting its legs, as far as I can tell. It's it's certainly yeah. bigger than it was a few decades ago, and sure. maybe it's the internet or whatever. I think that there's a lot of cool comparisons that one can make between the two movements. Obviously, they're antithetical. They're different ends of the uh, political spectrum, but there's also some innate advantages that the uh, socialist movement had. It's that the people, the politicians, that would that would have to... You know, uh, propose you know propose the the measures to get the the ball rolling. They benefit from socialism, whereas the politicians in the current system do not benefit from liberty. The individual benefits from liberty, and so it's uh, liberty has a, a, a it seems to me a much uh, harder road to hoe. But I think that it's also pretty obvious that the the movement's growing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to mention the. I, I think that, you know, a lot of people call it, oh, I want to talk to Mark the Communist or Mark the Fascist. I, I like having people like Mark on our side, personally. Why is that? Um, certainly was where Mark is, uh, and, and I won't disparage him that. But I did want to mention that it is the uh, Fabian's view that all governments, no matter if you're talking the smallest constitutional republic on earth, all government is socialistic in nature. So just kind of maybe a little jab at Mark, although, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't disparage Mark. Anything at all, I really enjoy having you know, people. I don't time. disagree. I have to. I do agree that any government is socialist in nature. I I am of the that opinion. I'm only of the opinion of a harm reduction. I don't know whether the world will be better under a complete. I don't think we could go from today till tomorrow with complete liberty. Um, you know, no government at all, and have a good transition. I think uh, it's all about the transition. It's also not going to be possible. I mean, how could yeah. that happen? Sure. But the uh, people that I talk don't. about complete liberty don't talk about transitions very often. And that's right. a big problem when you're trying to sell your theory to other people whom you say – and you know, well, some of the first things they want to talk about are roads and courts and mm-hmm. law enforcement and sure. all those things. And it seems to me that those would, should be some of the last, you know, the last part of the framework that you would dissemble. Um, and I, you know, I'm all I'm want to see is, uh, you know, is, is is a peaceful progression. Yeah, I'm all for that too. I I totally, believe, I believe in incrementalism, and I and I think it's it's I think it's just the nature of how things change. I don't, it's you know, that's just life. There's but, something uh, to but, that. Yeah, there is something to it. I don't think I don't really believe in political incrementalism toward liberty specifically because I know that you'll hear people say, "Well, look at the progress that was made in this other area where they incrementally went in this direction." Yes, I think you can use politics to control the beast. Uh, you can control the violence, but you're, when your goal is actually to reduce the violence, you're going against the nature of government. It's one thing to try and control it. You can get in there and you know steer it. But, you know, actually trying to reduce it, I think, is going against the nature of the beast. And so when you can look back at examples of where someone used incremental political action to get to their goal, where they, you know, that's 
that's a case where they were just trying to change the policy in one direction or another, but it wasn't necessarily in a liberty direction. So, Stephen, any other thoughts tonight? Uh, one real quick one. My my father died back in the 80s, and uh, the more I think about him and the stories I hear about him, the more I realize he might have been kind of close to being an anarchist. Uh, my uncle just told me a story about how my dad was pulled over for drunk driving back in the 60s, back when, you know, you could get a ticket, you know, like 25 bucks or something. Yeah, get a ride home. For drunk driving. And and uh, the cop wanted to test to see if he was drunk, so he pulled some coins out of his pocket, threw them on the ground, and told my dad, pick those up. And my dad goes, you pick them up, you son of a bitch. You're the one that threw them down there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate the right, call man. tonight at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. What I was going to say about the incrementalism thing is... Sure, there may be something to that when it comes to the government because obviously it'd be pretty difficult to roll back all the laws at one in you know in one fell swoop. That's pretty fant- a pretty fantastical idea. But I don't think that it's unreasonable to suggest what we were talking about earlier in the show is to suggest full decriminalization. Oh, that yeah. to me is an increment. Yeah. That's an increment to me. Whereas this mealy mouth crap that is being proposed in most places is the most pathetic increments. That well, you can not only that, imagine. but well, but you push for that, and you may not get that. But get that's what else. you talk about. You may yeah. get something incremental. But I but I think when I say that I do believe in, in incremental progression, but just not through political action. I what I mean is I feel like all you know, politics will follow the culture. Yeah, we I have to that. affect individuals and get them to think in terms of being, and get them to think like individuals and to withdraw like as much people. as possible. Think like free people and think like they are responsible for themselves and to stop needing a parent forever and ever and ever, which mm-hmm. the government has taken the place of their parents. And they always want that parent figure uh, up into their 80s and 90s. And when we change people, the government will follow, I, I believe. Right. Or to the point where either laws will change or the, the government will just sort of become less and less imposing and the laws will be less enforced. Ian, um, currently people solve their problems with government. By and large, people think there's a problem. Well, they there don't ought actually to be a solve the problem. Usually well, they, what happens okay. is the government creates unintended consequences and they create more problems than they, they solve. Okay. Um, you and I agree on that. However, that's how people think. And both of us believe, whether you believe anybody who believes in, uh, in any kind of change uh, for more liberty, understands that there has to be a, a, a tide change in people's thinking. They have sure. to take responsibility for themselves. They have to believe in peace. They have to... You bet. Right. Th- 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 all that has to occur. I believe that. You believe yes. that. Yes. So, in a world uh, where you, we decriminalize marijuana currently, today, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to have just as messed up a situation as you do with alcohol. Alcohol's been legalized, but it's a, it's a mess. This guy just got arrested for walking down the street after three and a half beers. Um, you know, that, so, it's, it's a mess because the government exists. Decrimmed marijuana isn't really going to be as much of a mess as alcohol. I mean, people don't get messy if you think when that they... The, if you think that the government's just going to decriminalize marijuana, you're out of your rabbit I'm talking about... What you need to propose, if you're going to be doing politics, you need it's to be proposing... It's not going to happen in this world. Increments. We need a tide change. You don't get a tide change by begging for little increments. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for... Everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. 
Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you all the features there free, and if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over and become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com, and you'll get perks too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And take the startpage.com seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. Mark spelled it deference. You will get search results aggregated from maybe you should have searched for your spelling terms, Mark, at Starpage. Look, uh, man, as all I did was uh, you know put in put all I did was uh, go under the underlined word. You will get search results aggregated from twelve major search engines, and unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start your seven-day challenge today at Startpage.com. In fact, they make it easy uh, in browsers now. You've got that little window. At least I have it in Firefox, where you've got the little search. Window up in the up corner. There. Yeah, the little search entry area where you can change whatever search engine. Startpage.com, right there on the front page underneath the search area, you can there's a link that'll allow you to add Startpage to your, your web browser, which makes it really easy to take the startpage.com seven day challenge. So head on over there and uh, we'll actually be tonight on tonight's podcast, uh, we'll be interviewing Catherine Albrecht from startpage.com and you may have uh, you may remember Catherine she's been on our show before we had her on at one of the the Liberty forums she is one of the most preeminent and noteworthy privacy experts in the world, yep. as far as I can tell. And startpage.com is, uh, is is lucky to have her, quite honestly. She's a sharp lady. Yeah, it really a, is. She's, she's a sharp lady, and it's a great product. So there you go. All right, we're going to continue here taking your phone calls. Corby is on the line in Florida. Corby, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Um, first off, the, thing, the term you're looking for is not legalization or decriminalization. It's deregulation. Is the deregulation. One that, okay. So you're saying the, define deregulation, then. I mean, no government intervention at all. You're free to, you know, if you want to take it with you on airports or, you know, there's just basically no laws against it. You know, no, there's no, there's, the government doesn't have a, you know, kind of like they're, you know, I guess they probably, they probably regulate everything from cereal to milk now, but in well, a sense, it would, you know. Well, wait a minute. Okay, so what regulations would you be referring to that are on marijuana? Well, right now they call it a controlled substance, which, you know, when I was 14 years old, I could not buy alcohol, but I could buy cocaine and marijuana in my smoking area, you know, with quite ease. So it's funny how they, you know, their, their regulations they have now which to control it are the, you know, complete lack of control. I see where you're coming from, but I think that we're, you're talking about what we were discussing earlier was the difference between decriminalization and legalization, and now you're throwing in deregulation, and it seems to me that Marijuana isn't really regulated; it's just criminalized. There are laws against marijuana, which but on the by federal default level, means, it's a stamp act, right? 
There is a stamp act. That's true. So I guess it is both. I guess it's both. It's dereg. It's regulated and criminalized. But I think either way, if you decriminalize it, then it wouldn't matter really if it was regulated in any way, because then there wouldn't be any penalties for breaking whatever those regulations were. But I think you're right. You could combine the two of those together. I think both decriminalization and deregulation then in that case are necessary. But Mark, you said that uh, one of your producers was telling you differently about what these things mean. It's true. I mean, everybody seems to have a different opinion as to what legalization means and uh, decriminalization, so it's, it's hard to know. I'm going to go by the dictionary definition of legalize, because that's the, that's the issue. That was well, what Dave was calling I, about I earlier. I get what you're saying, Ian, but all I'm saying to is make legal. no matter what happens, it's going to be screwed up because the government's going to be involved. The government's involved already. I'd like the government out as much as possible, just like you. Mm-hmm. However, the government's thoroughly entrenched in marijuana right now and they're not likely to complete you know to 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 peel their their greedy taxing fingers off of it i see they all these jails they have to put somebody in them you know that's the case corey any other thoughts tonight yeah actually um your caller that you said who was the victim when he got arrested for trying to buy the sports drink and i would say the convenience store is one they did not get to sell a sports drink (laughs) the sports drink drink maker his employer lost a day of his work if he's salary. You know, he had to take a sick day or a leave of absence day. And also the taxpayers, he, I, I cracked up laughing when I heard the fact that the armed robberies took place, you know, three down the street, yeah. you know, that same night. That, to me, just, I would have that on the front page of that newspaper. That shows their priorities of the law enforcement. But that's yeah, not even why I called. Okay. <laughs> just real quick, the kind of on topic, but uh, I was at the casino, the casino at the Hard Rock in Tampa, and this was, you know, 500 people in this room. And this guy starts the fight, you know, I don't know what about, but to make a long story short, he's basically, you know, three bouncers and about four supervisors had to physically, the whole time this guy was screaming as they pulled him out. And the guy next to me, I don't even know him, but he says, and the alcohol is legal. And I just, you know, started, the whole table started cracking up because, mm-hmm. you know, the oxymoron of alcohol is the one that's legal, but yet how many marijuana smokers do you know that go out and look for fights or, you know, it doesn't happen. And just I about never every, met one. Every cop has stories of of like that, scary stories where they had to go to a case of where someone was drinking and how and they got violent, yep. or it led to domestic abuse. And ask them how many stories like that they have about pot users. Exactly. Thanks, Corby, for the call tonight and the story. I appreciate it. At eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So the the term legalize by the dictionary means to make legal, to authorize, to sanction by law. Sanctioning by law, authorization, legalizing, that means to actually create code in regards to the, the legalization of marijuana. You, to legalize, takes something that is just out there in the marketplace and makes government aware of, it, it creates legislation, it creates regulation of, it creates some sort of government bureaucracy, it puts that product into the legal world, into the world of government, into the insanity world of legal land. That's what legalization means by the uh, the dictionary definition, and so that's what I'm going to go with. 800-259-9231, and just back to the, the incremental thing. I know what you're saying, Mark. What you're saying is that there are these intolerant jerks that hold certain positions of power in uh, the organizations called governments around that we have to deal with. And that we should pander to those jerks 
when we're trying to change through the system, trying to work through the system to change, as we're told so often, those of us who do civil disobedience and support non-cooperation and things like that, we're told over and over again by the people within the system, you shouldn't do that, you should work within the system. Well, civil disobedience is still sort of within the system in that it's a, it's a legitimate role, it's a legitimate thing to do. But uh, you're talking about appeasing these people to some extent. And I, Dale, during the break, was making a point that I completely agree with. And it was essentially saying that we need to get the conversation started on honest terms. Because a lot of these people that you're trying to appease, they know that the, mar- the medical marijuana thing is just a front for eventual marijuana legalization. I mean, they, they know that. They're paranoid about it. You know, they try to, uh, try to make those claims. And the, med- the medical marijuana people, oh, no, no, no. We, we, don't think that, uh, we don't think that regular folk should be able to use marijuana. This is just about sick people. Come on, stop trying to distract the issue. But, of course, they know. They know that many of the people that are advocating for medical marijuana would love to see it all fully legalized so, or to fully decriminalized. So let's just have that conversation. I, I and think if they want to be yeah. intolerant about it, then maybe they will be shown as intolerant jerks and eventually it's, might leave well, office. You, I don't think you can get – I don't know if it's necessarily the time for full medical uh, – for full marijuana legalization. I feel it is. I feel Decrim. it's right. Whatever. I'm not going to use your terms. I am not, I'm not, I am right. not your Screw mindless dictionary. – you're junkie. Um, I, I don't think it is it, – look, it's legal – for me to breathe air, it's legal. It should be legal for me to Are smoke marijuana. Are there laws about you breathing air? Then there's, then there's legal. Look, then I'm talking legal. about the usage of the term, man. You can go to dictionary.com and you can yeah. refer to that as much as you want. I like the term legalize. That's the one I whatever. choose to use. Um, now, can we get back to what I was yeah, talking about? Was. Okay. So, I don't even remember. Ah, you were going to defend well, I, your I, buddies in politics. Is what I, you were I think that, that, there's, uh, that the conversation is degraded when there's this sort of – what happens is people are pandered to who hold really irrational viewpoints about mm-hmm. marijuana. And instead of having an intelligent conversation and educating people about the truth, what happens with these politicians is you're pandering to – the the BS that they're spreading around. Right. I mean, in order to in order to get like the incremental thing in, and then the whole conversation is and there's a bunch of lies being right. told. It's basically ultimately. telling those politicians, you guys are right in your intolerance. You guys yeah. are right. Let's just make. But you're you a going too far, uh, and and so you should lighten up in this area. And here's why. And 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 I and, I, and it's like you said, comparing medical marijuana to full decriminalization, and it's. It's it's as if you're pandering to the fears that they have. Oh, that regular people are going to smoke pot. Well, yeah, let's let's do that instead of right. talking about making it. You know, you and have to. Now that of may not mean years, yeah. years talking about one issue of medical marijuana in these very dishonest terms. This has it, been going on for a long time. And who knows? Who knows? Like, maybe in, in the short term you won't get the bill you wanted, but maybe in the lo- the long term you'll you'll get something better in the you know a little bit further off in the future because you had an honest conversation. Or I'm maybe trying to speak over the echo chamber in the next segment. Or maybe you'll get some uh, decriminalization that won't be exactly what you wanted, but at least it'll be halfway or a quarter of the way. If you don't aim for the moon, you won't make it over the fence. Or something like that. This is Ian. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time. You and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. 
And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. Again, that's FrontSight.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We are going to a special guest for a follow-up interview. We haven't actually talked to this gentleman in about a year's time. It was almost an entire year ago that we spoke with Kerry Paco Ellison. Now, Mark, who is Kerry Paco Ellison? Well, he's a bar owner in uh, Charleston, West Virginia, as I understand it, and... You know, they cha- they passed a little smoking ordinance. Uh, they were telling telling people how they can uh, Conway County, yeah, wh- yeah, what they can do in their private property and their private businesses. Apparently, they usurped all private property in the area, and they get mm-hmm. to tell businesses how they can run and how they can't. And uh, uh, they told all bars you can't have smoking anymore. And uh, Mr. Ellison said, "Go to hell." Yeah, pretty Basically. much. Carrie, should we call you Carrie or Paco? What do you prefer? Paco works for me. Either way, it doesn't matter. Paco, welcome back to Free Talk Live. It was uh, great having you back here because I consider you uh, one of my heroes. I've you were under major attack last year when this uh, ordinance came down regulating. uh, Is it just bars? Isn't it there in Conway County? It's not all restaurants. Yes, it's everything. Every every that's part of the, the debate. It's all public places, indoor public places. Oh, and my gosh. The argument is, I'm not public, I'm private. Yep. Ah, yes. Excellent because point. ABC, the Alcohol Beverage Control Commission, requires that liquor, to sell liquor by the drink, you have to be a private club. So they're saying, well, you're not really private, but you serve the public. Well, but if they're members and they know what they're walking into, and so that's, that's another of the debatable here. So are you selling memberships at the Blackhawk Saloon in Charleston, West Virginia? Paco? No, no, just um, it's not, um, it's kind of an unwritten thing. I they see. Used to, they used to make everybody sign in when you came into a club. It's still, you're still required, everybody that's in here is assumed to be your member. Got if you if you they wanted to be kind of the signing of it anymore. If you wanted to be kind of clever about it, which it doesn't sound like you want to do, you could uh give it, make everyone pay five dollars to be a member and then they get a free drink or something. <laughs> yeah, you could well, when and, they join. That would, that would work if if they would concede that private clubs are not subject to their their hierarchy, their imperial righteousness. Yeah. But they're saying that uh, we don't care if you're private or public, uh, we own you. Pretty much, 
And and indeed, that's what the news was this week. So one of I think it was one of your patrons, uh, or at least certainly somebody there in the West Virginia area, called us last night to clue us in on this. I hadn't spotted the news yet myself, so thank goodness we have our great listeners out there keeping us in the loop on uh, important things like this. Uh, because I do like to highlight people from around the world and around the country that are actually standing up to the man, that are uh, that are willing to put to take some risk and to actually say no. I'm not going to obey your arbitrary diktats. I'm not going to go along with your demands. This is my property. I get to control it. I get to set the rules. And I say, I, if people want to smoke here, I'm not going to stop them. I'm not going to be your enforcer. I mean, is that sort of essentially what you were basically saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. It's what I've been yeah, shouting to the rooftops. I, they said, it's against the... I don't smoke at all. I never have. Mm-hmm. I've, I detest them. But that's not the point. They And I, they come in and somebody's in here smoking. Well, they write me a ticket. They don't even get the the offender's name. Mm-hmm. This, I remind you that this is cigarettes are legal substance. Substance. They're they're not illegal. There's nothing illegal about them other than you smoking smoking them in my establishment. If you smoke them in my establishment, you have not violated the law, but I have. Yeah, and that's what I'm bothers me about it you. is that they are is they are. In a sense, deputizing you and saying you must enforce their law. Yep. And, and it's your responsibility to enforce a law that they've concocted. It's outrageous. That's exactly what happened. When the last time they were in here, which was my second annual Smokers Night celebration, they came in five times that night. Actually, it was only one visit because they never left the property. Mm. They, they'd go out in the parking lot and come back in and write me up again. So it was. Um, but I had people in here, and they said, they're smoking. I said, you people need to quit smoking. They said, uh, no. they continue to smoke. <laughs> and they said, well, you need to make them quit. I said, what do you want me to do? He said, make him quit. He said, tell him to get out. I said, you have to leave, quit or leave. They continued to sit there and smoke. <laughs> so what can I do? He said, put him out. I said, oh, no. What if he runs a knife through my chest? That's not my, <laughs> that's not my job. Yeah, it's I not said, your job. You want him out, you put him out. You're the health department. So, um, so what they do? Said, what am I supposed to do? Call nine one one. So I did, and that that, that was that was fun. <laughs> you called nine one one. What happened? I, I called nine one one, and he said nine one one. What is your emergency? And I said there are people smoking in my bar, and they won't leave. <laughs> so they sent a deputy up here who was. I found out later who was assigned. His assignment for the evening was to go with the health department out on their mission, which was to come here, but they got here before he came on duty, so he came up, and he was real cool, and I apologized to him for dragging him into the middle of such a political issue, and and uh, he said he understood, and he was he was real cool, but he stayed with him the rest of the evening, and, and uh, he just, he tagged on with them, so. So what happened was, to the, to the guys that were gesture. smoking this, what happened to the guys smoking the cigarettes, Paco? He continued to smoke, and, and, they didn't even ask him. Ask him. It was a couple. Didn't even ask him their name. So they they weren't in a violation of anything. And, right. It's you. And, uh, You're the one who's responsible I, I for. Was, I was in violation. It's so ludicrous. I, I, a non-smoker was in violation of allowing them to smoke or not stopping them to smoke. And this has been going. You've been allowing uh, people to smoke in your establishment ever since they passed this ban last year. Allegedly. Allegedly. Alleged, alleged, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite words. Yeah, it is a good one. Yeah, I have, but I don't want to admit it. 
So, well, you are on the air in Charleston right now. I just want to remind you. Um, so it's been an entire year. Finally, the judge has come back with a decision. What happened? Well, I went to um, magistrate court and was convicted on two counts. Um, I appealed those to circuit court. And at each stage, I requested in magistrate court a jury trial. I was denied that, said no, I did not have a right to a jury trial because <laughs> it was not a jailable offense. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah? What happens if you don't pay the fine? <laughs> well, we, we, haven't, we haven't got that far. I don't know if, it, if they plan on it to continue to be monetary or, or if, if they do um, incarcerate you if you don't. Don't pay the fine. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, up here in New Hampshire, uh, just let me interrupt for one moment. Here in New Hampshire, if they hit somebody with a violation, which is a non-arrestable offense, they just write out a ticket. If you decide to not pay whatever the amount is that they're demanding, whatever arbitrary number they slap on you, then they divide that up by $50, $50 a day, and they put you in a jail cell. And they basically knock $50 a day off whatever the fine is as long as you just sit and rot in their their jail. And we've had activists up here in New Hampshire because we've got this wonderful movement called the Free State Project bringing thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people here to New Hampshire to to get active. But we've had uh, activists just basically tell these judges, look, I'm not paying your fine. So instead of me enriching you and uh, pouring my money into your system, you're going to have to pour some of your money into putting me in jail. And so far, I think they've jailed activists this year for at least 70-something days at the cost of $80 a day uh, to them. And they're starting to, you know, I think they're starting to think twice about that particular approach. Looks like I'm going to be one of those before long. Going to jail, yeah. Yeah. Everybody will. It's just, so go go ahead, Kerry, with you, Paco. Nice to know that I'm in good company. Yes, exactly. That's why I want to point you out, because because you're so unique. I, I wish more business owners had the courage that you do, the courage to to stand up to these government bureaucrats who you did not elect to control your life. These people trying to tell you what to do and how to run your business, if more business owners would would, would do what you did and say... <laughs> What are you talking about? I'm not going to do that to my customers. This is my business. Who do you people think you are? And then make that stand and refuse to budge from it. These bureaucrats wouldn't have any power anymore. Do you have a little that bit more time for us, Paco? I want to I wanna bring you back here. i I got to bring you back here in just a moment, so hang on. We're going to bring uh, Kerry, uh, Paco Ellison back. He's the founder, the owner of the Black Hawk Saloon. Uh, more with him in a moment. If you've got a question for him, maybe you're in Charleston or anywhere, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, though. Calls for our guest, Kerry Paco Ellison, the owner of the Blackhawk Saloon in Conway County, West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia, where we are on the air right now on WVTS. Uh, He's with us. So if you've got a question for him, you should dial in at 800-259-9231. Everybody else, you have to hang on until we wrap the uh, the interview up. And this is a follow-up interview. We've had Kerry on the show uh, before. He goes by Paco. And he's, again, the owner of the Blackhawk Saloon. He is one of the few, one of the proud, one of the very, very select group of business owners who's actually willing to say no to whatever arbitrary and capricious government bureaucrats diktats they try to lay down on his business. In this case, it was a, uh, an indoor smoking ban. 
So from any business in Kanawha County, smoking has been banned. And you decided, uh, Paco, to say, the hell with that. I'm not going to be your unpaid enforcer. And even if you wanted to pay me, I don't think you'd probably uh, take that job. Uh, you don't want to enforce against your customers on your private property, a rule that you don't uh, necessarily agree with. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yeah, why, why should I tell them to leave? They come in to buy a beer or a drink, and I say, you have to leave if you can't smoke here. Well, now that affects me. That's that's what pays my bills. Absolutely right. And bar patrons know that they're going to a bar that has smoking. You know as soon as you open the door. So the whole excuse that they have of, oh, there's children and, uh, and uh, people are going to get sick. Well, they're choosing to be in a smoke-filled environment. We still have the freedom to make some choices in this world, and people can choose to go to a smoke-free restaurant if they want to. They do exist. I mean, they existed prior to the creation of these laws. They you know can make I, those choices. You know what I hear from some liberal friends of mine is the people who work at the bar are forced to be in that smoke-filled environment. No, they chose because that, that. That's, again, no. it's, ba- it's yeah, coming again, from that point of view that they're entitled exactly to that. Right, because that's their argument. They say the, the UPS man, the health inspector, the ABC inspector, the, uh, the beer delivery guy, everybody that is forced to come in here, they have to come in. And my argument is if, if they go into the, into the mines, the mine inspector has to be sub- subject to that um, environment yeah. so i don't see the difference if, if you have a job there are certain risks involved in everything absolutely right right and um it's not like you asked the uh, liquor inspector to come to your uh, you know come to inspect your your business they came in there with the uh, the force of law behind them to make sure you're selling your beer proper like yeah, yeah tell them say hey you don't have to come in uh, it's okay if you don't want to come and inspect then that's okay i'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, of asking them to come for an inspection, but now the health department has tried a new wrinkle. Now, every time they come and inspect me, they invoice me $25 per visit. (laughs) So right now, I owe them $200 just for invoicing me for them coming to inspect me because I'm an habitual offender. Unbelievable. So now the judge in, in this case... The judge did decide that you were guilty, so-called. Uh, and so, what happened at uh, at that point? I mean, what what's the next step here? It was a you said it was a circuit court judge that did that. If um, no, that was that was the health department took it on himself to do that. Oh, the only I see. thing, only thing that the circuit court judge did was upheld the lower court's decision that I broke the smoking ban law, and again. I have nobody's explained to me the difference between an ordinance and a law. When I went to school, they were told us what a bill and enabled to in order to a law for a law to become a law, it had to first be a bill. It had to go and it had to pass certain hoops and things, and the legislature got to vote. This bypassed all that. Yep. This the legislature gave gave the power supposedly to the health department, which formed a a board. The county commission and the uh, city council formed a, a board, and the board adopted this um, this ruling right. and passed it. 
The reason why it's so confusing, Paco, is because it's intended to be. It's intended to be a, a, like a legal land, this whole other world where they, they can change uh, the rules at any time. They can redefine words to mean things that they don't actually mean in, in real English. They've got their own language. It's called legalese. And it's uh, something that is only for the uh, you know the elite, like the, the lawyerly types to know about and to understand. Uh, and they're not really so interested in teaching you about how the, uh, their little system works. But really, the entire thing is illegitimate in the first place you use the term uh you suggested that they gave them the power to do this and of course that suggests that they got that power from somewhere in the first place and of course somebody who supports this system would say well you gave us the power by voting for us but i don't know about you uh paco but with the few times when i've decided to uh, cast a vote it's usually been for the lesser of two evils it wasn't because i've intended to uh give anybody control over my life it's because i was trying to negate uh, the amount of damage that uh, was being done to my life. Did you decide to uh, let these people rule over your life? I don't think so. I did not. Exactly. So where did they get their power from? Fact is, their power exists simply because they have men with guns who are willing to show up and possibly put you in handcuffs and put you in a, in a cage if uh, you know they decide they don't like what you're doing. That's where the power comes from, and all the rest of it is just window dressing to uh, distract people from that. All the whole, the, the whole process of passing laws and writing stuff down on pieces of paper and treating them like they're so important is just, it's just a show. It's just something to distract people from the violence that is, uh, that is inherent in this system. And now they've turned their guns against you, uh, Paco, and they're willing to hurt you because you've decided that you want to respect your customers choices on your own property it's just all so absolutely outrageous and it's why i wish more business owners and i know there's some listening to this show tonight it's why i wish more business owners would start doing what you're doing because if if it wasn't just you if it was every bar or every restaurant or or 20% or 10% if if more than it was if it's more than just you then you've got a movement you've got something that if people just basically tell the health board to go shove it they're not going to pay their fines and they're going to keep their doors open and they're going to keep letting their customers do what they want then what would they be able to do well i do i do question their authority to do this because i think they even question themselves they told me a year ago, when they when they enacted this, a little over a year ago now, they told everybody, if you don't abide by this, we will take your health permit, which is required in order to have your ABC license. So, and effectively shut you down. Mm -hmm. Well, I have blatantly uh, ignored them for, what, 14 months now? And they haven't taken anything from me. I, I don't think they have the authority. And They're I don't bluffing. Know if it's, you, My theory is that that they want to make an example out of me, but not a martyr. I, I don't know really what their thinking is, and they may hear this tomorrow. And they get really PO'd when they um, every time they hear something from me, and and they pretty much grab at straws when the um, like their their last thing when when they came up and did the five inspections one night, mm -hmm. they wrote. One of the things they wrote me up when they, they came in once, nobody was smoking. They wrote me up. I have this on paper. My bar maid handed someone a beer without having a hairnet on. <laughs> the barmaid wearing a hairnet? I haven't written down. You are totally being targeted. They, they are absolutely targeting yeah. you. I want to bring you back here for a little bit more. More with Kerry uh, Paco Ellison, the owner of the Black Hawk Saloon in Charleston, West Virginia. If you want to get on the line with them, dial on in at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want, even uh, here in these remaining moments. 800-259-9231. About another uh, 25 minutes left here. We're going to talk to uh, Kerry Paco Ellison. He is the owner, the proprietor of the Black Hawk Saloon in Charleston, West Virginia. We are on the air, our third hour of the weekday program in Charleston, so it's a perfect time to have him on the show to talk about how he's been standing up to the arbitrary diktats of the people calling themselves the health department. We're going to continue with that here in a moment. Uh, also, uh, you know, a new sponsor of the show is BigHeadPress.com. You can go over there and read the, the, the serial comic strip that I've been reading for quite some time now. It's called Escape from Terra. It's at BigHeadPress.com. And also online is a um, from the renowned libertarian author L. Neil Smith. It's his newest space, space pirate saga, Phoebus <laughs> Crumb. The serialization for this graphic novel is just getting started, so now's the chance to get in on the ground floor. So that's BigHeadPress.com. Get in on the ground floor. Is that the right for – what's the first deck in a ship? Wouldn't that be more appropriate for a pirate story, whatever the, that is? The poop deck. Is that the poop deck? I, I have no that. idea. I don't the know. The bilge. <laughs> it's like the very bottom of the it. ship is called this. Where everything everything drains down to the bottom of the ship is the bilge. It's not really a Can you a go deck. down there? You can't go down there. Though. Steerage. I'm trying. You know what? I should. I I wish I could remember. I used to know terms for. The well, let's get back to something stuff. important, like talking to uh, Carrie Paco Ellison, the owner of the Blackhawk Saloon. He's been uh, with us here throughout the entire hour, and uh, thanks for spending so much time with us, Carrie. It's it's great to follow up with you here in this case. Uh, unfortunately, sad to hear that they're continuing to harass you and threaten you, and just uh, you know, essentially destroy your livelihood as much as they possibly can here as you have been allowing your customers in your bar to continue smoking even after the bureaucrats at the health department have dictated uh, to everybody that owns a business in Charleston that that's no longer allowed and business owners have to enforce the rules on their customers. You basically said, I'm not going to be your enforcer and smokers are still welcome here. And so you're back with us. The judge found uh, that you were guilty I don't know what that means. Are you still going to appeal this? What's the next step for you, Paco? The next step is, and I've already done it, I've requested a a new trial with the circuit, at the circuit court level, which I'll probably be denied that. But And my basis for that new trial are based on the fact that I have continually asked for a jury trial, and they've denied me that. And I think I'm entitled to one. I don't feel there's any way to, for a politician to fairly and justly rule on such a political hot potato. The, the same people that that judge has dinner with and golfs with and yep. fishes with and vacations with, his family knows each other, the same politicians are the ones that are pushing this thing down my throat, and I don't think he can fairly rule on it. Absolutely. It's bad enough that he has to preside over the case for a jury. Yep, absolutely. It's the good old boys network, and that's how it is everywhere. The the whole idea that these judges in any way can be impartial is ludicrous. And, of course, their own rules 
their own rules, which we all know they don't care about and they don't follow, yet they demand that we follow their rules, their own rules, and that pesky old Constitution says that you've got a right to a jury trial if there's a, a matter at issue of over $20, and it sounds like you've got a matter of over $20 because they've come in there and they've uh, fined you for all kinds of nonsense. You were telling us a, a moment ago that they fined you recently when they came in five times in one night to inspect you. That's targeting. Uh, they they find you because the barmaid didn't have a hairnet on when she was serving drinks. How many bars has anybody listening ever gone into where the the person serving the drinks is wearing a hairnet? Not one. Ever. It I was a beer, ever. not a drink. It was a beer. A beer. A bottle of beer. She opened the beer <laughs> in the opener, handed the beer. They wrote it up because she didn't have it. And, and another thing, and I, and I don't want to get off base... But because this probably opens up a whole new can of worms. But another thing that that they've they just dug up yesterday, I found out about. They the health department has filed a complaint with the attorney general's office because I have a a, a 16 foot tall by 8 foot wide. Inflatable pack of Winston's up on the end of my building. <laughs> I love and, you, Paco. You are amazing. And and they're saying they're saying that that under the um, uh, agreement between states and and uh, forty six states and West Virginia oh. being one of them, and the tobacco company, they they're no longer allowed to advertise cigarettes. And, and my point is, I'm not advertising. Um, actually, I have the Winston part covered up. There you go. Read the Winston. It's just a big pack of cigarettes, and I call it's, it memorabilia. I call it uh, it's decoration. It, it's from it. Ca- it came from uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway when Winston sponsored the uh, um, Winston Cup. It's and it's legitimately when, a... when when Nextel took over, they threw it in a dumpster down there. there Some you go. guy fished it out. It's another guy who gave to another guy who gave it to one of my customers, and he said, "I know I the perfect it. place for it." He brought it to me. <laughs> I put it up, and, and now it's it's stirring up things. And and the uh, um, the health board president was quoted yesterday as saying, "Children can see it from the interstate." <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on! And but now she's the same person. I'm not naming names here, but she's the same person. In the beginning, she was quoted as saying, Mr. Ellison is doing nothing but displaying civil disobedience. And I think she meant that as an insult, but isn't, a compliment. That, what, um, isn't that what the Tea Party was and, yep. and uh, Martin Luther King did and all this? You're Rosa damn right. Parks. And I, I made a comment yesterday to that uh, about Rosa Parks. She was once considered, uh, she's a hero now. Rosa Parks is is historically a hero. But once upon a time, she was not considered that. Absolutely. We get that um, up here all the time. Uh, as I was mentioning, we've got this movement called the Free State Project, moving liberty-minded people here, and civil disobedience has been happening in a way that has never happened in my lifetime. It's been amazing up here, all kinds of different things, everything from marijuana to toplessness. I mean, it's been all over the map. But we've gotten that. I was on the a radio show here locally with a host who pulled that one out recently. He said, well, because <laughs> I mentioned Rosa Parks. It's like, well, you're not Rosa Parks. 
Well, yeah, we don't have the ability to look back on history. We don't have the, the perspective today uh, on the, the events that are happening now as we have with Rosa Parks. So, sure, it's not an entirely accurate comparison from the historical perspective. Are, you know, is uh, the young lady who went topless in downtown Keene going to have the same sort of uh, historical impact as Rosa Parks? I don't know. We don't have the history to make those decisions. But did she do something similar in that she participated in civil disobedience? And in your case, uh, Paco, did you do something similar in that you disobeyed? Absolutely. It's the exact same thing. And, uh, and you're, right. you're There's no one it. out there to say, um, you know, who, which, which business owner is going to stand up and make, you know, make a stand against the, 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 these arbitrary sort of rules that they're coming up with. This isn't a law. This is some rule that some bureaucrat came up it's with. It's rule by men. And, uh, you know, I mean, who's to say Paco isn't Rosa that, Parks? I think that where that the comes from... The difference between me and Rosa Parks is she had backing. She had the NAACP. She had mm-hmm. Martin Luther. She had, she had support. I have nobody. Even the other bar owners, I've, we've had meetings before as a, as a group. And I implore and I ask, I said, do the same thing I'm doing. Just thumb your nose at it. If we all do it, they're going to have to do something. But... They won't do it. They're scared, if, aren't they? If they allow smoking, they do it after hours, or or yeah. they're real sneaky about it. They don't put out ashtrays, which the if you have ashtrays in your bar, that's considered paraphernalia, <laughs> and you're you're encouraging smoking. So it's 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 a mess. It but, absolutely uh, is, and that's just it. These people man, rule. These people rule by fear, and their fear is so effective that that's what you're dealing with when you're talking to those other bar owners. They're just scared of what might happen. They're scared of being targeted. They're seeing what's happening to you, where they're they're just targeting you, and they're giving you all kinds of fines. And uh, and I, I hope that you continue on in this. I know it's not easy, and I, but to say you don't have backing, you at least have your customers, right? I mean, they're still coming in. They're still supporting you. My customers, my customers support me because. Hell, I'm fighting for them. So, Absolutely. in effect, I mean, I'm, I'm fighting for me, too, because the bottom line is I want them to spend their money with me. Yep. And and they want to go someplace where they can relax. Absolutely. Where they don't have to... Paco, um, do, you, do you have time to take a phone call? Do, 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 Paco, do you have time to take a phone call from somebody? Sure. I'm going to bring you back here. More with Kerry Paco Ellison. And we've got somebody on the line who is also in uh, West Virginia. Hopefully Jerry will hang on. We'll bring them together here in a moment. And if you're in Charleston, West Virginia, head on out to the Blackhawk Saloon. Give this man your business. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Only moment your man will try to sneak your call in here at 800-259-9231. Tonight it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include live streams, the Shrine of Female Listeners archives, and more. If you like the show, you enjoy Free Talk Live, you want to help support us, you can do that by shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. The world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is October the 9th, 10th, and 11th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. It opens at 9 a.m. It's $10 per person. It's knobcreekrange.com. That's knobcreekrange.com. 
We're talking to a noteworthy businessman. He is Kerry Paco Ellison, the proprietor of the Black Hawk Saloon in Charleston, West Virginia. He's heroic uh, in my book. He's one of my heroes for standing up against the arbitrary diktats of the bureaucrats who decided to ban smoking in all businesses in Conowa County. And he said, the hell with that. This is my property. This is my business. These are my customers. They want to come here. They want to smoke. I'm not going to stop them. And so they've targeted you for that. Uh, and uh, you're back with us here, Paco. I appreciate you spending this uh, this entire, basically the entire hour with us here uh, tonight. We've got some people that want to talk to you, so we're going to go to those calls. Just want to make sure you're still there, right? I'm here. Okay, excellent. Let's go to Jerry, listening to WVTS on 9:50 a.m. in uh, West Virginia. Jerry, you're on with Paco. Hi guys, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, sir. Real well. Have a yeah, great, have... great. Go ahead. Hey, hey, Paco, how are you? I have a couple of uh, sidebars uh, to this conversation. Sidebars. All right. Paco would not tell you this, but I will. The health department sent a morbidly obese woman <laughs> to enforce the laws, the health laws, at his bar. Makes now, sense. I took a picture of her trying to climb up into her vehicle. <laughs> and if you'd like the picture, I'll send it to you. You can't see her face. You can just see her wide behind, okay? Uh, she was also driving an out-of-state truck. I don't know what that was about. But I thought, how ironic is it to have a morbidly obese health official telling Paco's people that they can't smoke? Now, Absolutely. It, now, here's the other uh, some, something else that hasn't been brought up. We have a little town right on the edge of our county line. The town is called Nitro, West Virginia. Within the confines of this town is one of the two largest dog track slash casinos in the state of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. When the Kanawha County Health Department decided that you could not smoke anywhere, including the dog track, the dog track at first said, well, that's okay. Why why do we care? But then they lost millions and millions of dollars because the smokers quit going there. Uh Uh-huh. So now there's a big fight in Nitro. Now, here's the interesting thing about Nitro. Two-thirds of the city is inside of Kanawha County, while one-third of the city is in the next county called Putnam County. Putnam County allows you to smoke. So now the city leaders of Nitro are threatening to move the entire town to Putnam County so that the dog track would then be allowed to have smoking patrons. Huh. Money talks. Hey, Paco, maybe you could move your bar to uh, the other county, just secede from uh, from Kanawha County and move to Putnam. I'm really going to. I'm, I'm having the sign maker make it today. It's tomorrow it's going it's, it's going to say, leaving Kanawha County, <laughs> entering Paco County. I'm going to put it on the same post in front of the bar. Wait, leave, entering Paco County? That's even better. You can you can have your own county right there at the, uh, the Black Hawk Saloon. I love that. You should I'm with you, Paco. He's going to secede from the county. I love it. I am the total in favor of secession. Jerry, thanks for the call tonight. Okay. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, we're going to go to Regina. And uh, Regina, are you also there in uh, Charleston? Yes, I am. All right, you're listening to WVTS. You're on with Paco from the Black Hawk Saloon. Hi. Um, I just wanted to put in my two cents. I work at the Blackhawks. We have a lot of customers that come in, and they're they're right behind us. They're going to back us. They're right here. We had a big, uh, what we call a smoker's night, 
our bar was packed. I bet it everybody was. Keeps, everybody keeps trying to give us, you know, trying to give suggestions on, on, on what should be done, what should be done. I have the perfect solution. What's that? Put it to a vote. But what, Let a, the people vote for it. A vote of who? A vote on whether to have a smo- to have to allow smoking in bars. I think that's a great I, idea, and I think the only people who should be allowed to vote are the people who own the bar. Yeah, I think it's that, it's, it's Paco's bar. So, pa- Paco, <laughs> Paco be, who else vote? owns the bar besides you, Paco? Does anyone else own Nobody. it? Nobody. I'm, I'm a okay, so there's one vote. Sole proprietor and and, 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 I, and, and re- I agree it, with you. And, and it'll be really easy to count the votes because Paco will vote, right, and then you know. It, if if you put it to a vote, that's for everybody. But you know where you're going. You you you're free white and over twenty one. You have the right to go in where you choose to. You know what's going on there. There is nobody. I promise that's you, there is nobody in this county that doesn't know that smoking goes on in here. That's actually a good point. There's also the voting. It. There's also. It. Uh, I'm very upfront. Um, I'm um, honest to a fault because I could have sneaked around and I could have. Um, uh, beer cans sitting around with uh, that I use for ashtrays, sure. but I don't do that. I, I could put a buzzer on the door, not let the health people in until I clear everybody out. I don't do that. I am what me and Popeye. We am what we am, and it's all that we am. <laughs> thank well, you, Regina. I want to thank you for the call tonight. Go ahead, Dale. There's the voting with your dollar, but I understand Regina's point is that there really wasn't ever a vote for this right. because of the way they went about it. That's so still the normal not, it's process. It's still not the, the best idea because there's this propaganda out there that says smoking is bad, and so therefore if something's bad, it should be voted. You should vote against yeah, it. In sure. Florida, when they did this, it was seventy percent to thirty percent. Right. And it, the only vote the that, should... that came out and voted might never have gone to a bar like Paco's in Florida. Right. But they decided to go out and vote against people's, uh, you know, those proprietors' right to have smoking in their bar. The only votes that matters are the voting with your dollars, as Dale said, where your customers vote every single night when they decide to choose the Blackhawk Saloon over their competitors for whatever the reasons are they want to go to the Blackhawk. That's their vote right there. We don't need any political process determining by some majority rules process. Because majority rules is really just, you know, two wolves and a sheep deciding on dinner. It's just the uh, the majority taking control of other people's rights and freedoms. And uh, for me, that's that's not acceptable. It's gang violence. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. Pa- uh, Paco, well, I've got another call here for you. Mark is in West Virginia listening to WVTS there in Charleston. Mark, you're on with Paco from the Blackhawk Saloon. Hey, how y'all doing this evening? Just super. What's on your mind tonight? You're on with Paco. Well... Uh, here's what's on my mind right now. This is the way I see things. I thought that in this country, this is the land of free. <laughs> you have your right to choose. Okay? You thought wrong. You That's right what I was to told, too. Anything you wish to do. Am I correct? Well, as long as you don't hurt anyone, that was you, the idea I've been told. You no. should be correct. Yeah, that's right. That's right. As long as I don't do nothing wrong. But what am I doing wrong? Because I want to go to the Blackhawk Saloon and smoke a cigarette and drink a beer. What am I doing wrong there? Nothing. Paco, what's to he me, doing wrong? To me, to me, it looks like this. This is not no longer the United States of America. This is the United Communist States of America. And it's been that way. Everybody's telling me what I can and can't do. Yep. And that is not right. I'd say you just about nailed that one. Uh, Paco, your thoughts on that? Like I've said before. Um, I'm, I'm not a smoker, um, but if 
it it ought to be up to the individual to decide yep. where he wants to go. It's 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 a freedom. If they take away your freedom to smoke today, what are they going to take from me tomorrow? Or, That's or, a great question. Or from somebody else. I mean, um, I'm. Uh, I'm a dog lover. Let's say let's say they they say well you can't own a dog anymore or just Pipples. anything. They do that. Half the nine and off off the hook. Just yep. I mean where where does it stop? It doesn't stop, and that's just it. It's because of people like you. And thanks, Mark, for the call. I appreciate it. It's because of people like you that this might stop. If people were courageous and took some risk like you are doing, uh, then it might stop. But the problem is everybody's just gone along to get along. Everybody's just put their head down. They've said you can't fight City Hall. Oh, we better just go along to get along and do whatever it is they tell us because otherwise they might hurt us. Well, it's it's step by step. They have banned this. They've regulated that. They've taxed. This, they've controlled that, and everybody's just let them get away with it. Everybody just said, oh, well, yeah, we need government, so it, I'll just do whatever you say. They say it's about laws, but what they really want is just blind obedience. It's not about laws. They want to be authority figures, and they want to be able to tell everyone what to do, and they want just blind obedience. They don't want anyone to question any of it. Paco, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Good luck out there, and keep up the great work, will you? Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Paco. You're a true. Thanks, guys. Yep. You are a true hero. Sell some drinks, and hopefully, we'll get a few people walking through your door here tonight from uh, from this interview. Again, that's the Blackhawk Saloon. If you're in Charleston, West Virginia, stop in, say hi to Paco, tell him you heard it on WBTS and Free Talk Live, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. FreeTalkLive.com. So this is a uh, bonus interview for the podcast listeners that have been hanging on. I, I know you love extra content, and we're, we brought on a, a new partner for Free Talk Live. It's StartPage.com. It's a meta search engine that allows you to remain completely anonymous on the internet. Now I don't know a lot about this interweb stuff, so I've uh, I brought Catherine Albrecht on um, Albrecht on to uh, talk to us about it. And Catherine, you've had a Pretty pretty long relationship with Free Talk Live. We talked to you about your book, Spy Chips. That was a long time ago at the, the Liberty Forum, as I recall. Yeah, that's right. I'm right up here in New Hampshire, right where you guys are, and I've been doing this stuff since, gosh, 1999. So, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's great to be on the radio with you again. Thank you. And your, your thing is privacy. Um, what is it about privacy that uh, inspires you? Well, I, I think it's the same that probably inspires any freedom lover, is that privacy really is the first, or losing your privacy is the first step to tear because the first thing Big Brother wants to do is start watching you. <clears throat> they have a million justifications for why it'll make you safer, it'll be better, it's a good idea. But then the watching then becomes degrees of control and then becomes restricted access and then ultimately you find yourself uh, you know, staring down the barrel of a gun. And I, I think it's really important, uh, particularly <clears throat> in things like uh, you know, buying food. That's how I got started as an activist. I was really concerned about the frequent shopper cards at the grocery stores, uh, really concerned about the amount of information that we in the free market have really not stood up and, and exercised our free market ability to say, yo, I don't like to be uh, intimidated into presenting an, a numbered ID card that you're going to use to record all my purchases. So I think in that sense, uh, kind of from the very beginning, when I first founded Caspian, which is uh, Consumers Against Supermarket Privacy Invasion and Numbering that I founded way back in 99, we're now up to 20,000 members. We've been working on RFID issues and implantable microchips and all sorts of other things since that, that founding. But it, it all really boils down to the same thing, <clears throat> that unless we're protecting our privacy... And unless we're staying out of these databases, that we really are leaving ourselves open for control and abuse, whether that comes from the private sector or the public sector, it's still really abusive either way. 
So the uh, this website, startpage.com, it used to be a different title. Wasn't it Ixquick at one time? Yeah, let me give you the background on how I how I came to be working with them. And, and it's really kind of an interesting story. Back in November of last year, 2008, there was this uh, very creepy story about Google wanting to prove that it could predict a flu outbreak before the Centers for Disease Control. And prior to this story, I'd been using Google like everybody else. I thought they were great, great search results. It's free, blah, blah, blah. And I never really gave it much of a second thought in terms of the privacy implications of using Google until this story. It turns out that what Google did, they were boasting that they would be able to tell what was going on with the, the, the health of American citizens before the Centers for Disease Control, the federal agency, you know, ostensibly charged with doing that. And so what they did was they came up with an algorithm to predict whether people doing searches on Google actually had the flu. And they did this on the basis of, you know, people searching for thermometers or chest congestion or certain types of products or whatever it was. They, they were saying, well, we can distinguish between people just, you know, doing research for a paper versus people who are actually sick. And they said, what we'll do, and they actually did it, they um, put put sort of a, a, a watch onto these words when they were typed into Google. And anytime somebody would type in one of those words, it would flag, the program would flag that person. It would trace them back to their location, to their Internet service provider and their physical location. And then they'd put a little red dot on a map of the United States. And after they did this for a while, they shared this map with the CDC. And they said, hey, look, you know, these are the places where it looks like a lot of people are doing queries on flu-related terms. And sure enough, it turns out that those were the places where later, two weeks later, to be exact, the CDC said, hey, this is where we think there's some flu outbreaks. So the realization to me, you know, when you go onto Google, you're not going on with the expectation that you're going to be participating in some big government, you know, flu outbreak prediction. You you go on there because you want to get the answer to your search query. And the realization that Google would be, you know, in a partnership like this with a federal agency and would be willing to turn this data over to the federal government really kind of raised some serious implications for me because I said, well, if you can tell in a map where all the people are who are concerned about flu, couldn't you also tell, sort of using the same kind of an approach, where all the people are who care about, oh, I don't know, Second Amendment rights or all the Ron Paul supporters or, you know, kind of fill in your blank. You could probably pinpoint Keene, New Hampshire, for example, as a place where, you know, there's a lot of liberty action going on. And Google would enable you not only to pinpoint the geographic location of those folks, but it would enable you to identify those people specifically, um, you know, through their Gmail or their Google voicemail or Google map, uh, Google, Google maps entries, their, um, you know, Google groups, all of the different things that Google is, is putting together. Google keeps all of this information on an individual level. So they know about each one of us who's used Google every search term we've ever entered. Um, they routinely read Gmail. Uh, actually, if you, if you have a Gmail account or if you write to someone with a Gmail account, a lot of people don't realize this, Google actually has a program that reads every stitch of mail that comes in or goes out of a Gmail account. And they actually scan it looking for marketing keywords. And uh, this came to my attention a couple years ago because there was a woman who contacted me and she said, you know, I had the weirdest experience. I'd go onto these websites and there would be all these ads for Scooby-Doo. <laughs> she said it wouldn't matter where I would go. Totally unrelated. There'd be these Scooby-Doo ads. <laughs> and she said, I couldn't figure out why. And then I read this article explaining that Google scans your Gmail and if they see a particular key marketing word in the contents of your mail, then they'll flag that and they'll start serving you ads and in other places that you go. So it really creates this kind 
kind of creepy notion that Google is not only watching what you do, you know, when when you're actually typing in a search term, which is disturbing enough, but they're also watching what you do even when you just randomly surf the web. Well, I think what's what's maybe creepiest about that is that they could use that information, turn it over to the state, and their they did. willingness, yeah, the willingness to turn it over, like just. Them well, selling me a Scooby-Doo video isn't really a big deal to me, but them turning over my info and my searches to the federal government, I have a real problem with that. So that, that leads me to my first question for you, Catherine. That is, startpage.com, really focused on privacy. Uh, I believe the, the right, right on the front page is, uh, you know, claim that you guys don't log any search terms. Am I correct about that? Yeah, the cool the cool thing about startpage.com is that they are absolutely committed to privacy. It's a, it's a relatively small company. I know all of the members of the executive team. They're wonderful. I've signed a non-disclosure agreement as well as my husband who's an IT specialist doing computer science at Harvard. We've uh, you know, we've been over their their data collection practices which are essentially they don't collect any data. It's mm. extremely cool. So when you log on to Google for example, uh, or Yahoo or Bing or any of the other major search engines, the first thing they do is grab your IP address and they look for any previous cookies so they can identify you and link you up to your other accounts. And then they make a record of every search you do and they make a record um, including of which websites you actually click on and go to. So they not only know what you're interested in but they also know what you've read. So uh, that that really was disturbing to the folks who, um, who run startpage.com. And they came up with a way um, to to actually eliminate all of that. They introduced it early in 2009, where they collect no IP address at all. So the second you land on their website, your IP address is overwritten with zeros. It's just zeroed out. So even if they were subpoenaed down the road, even if the government said, hey, I want to know exactly what Catherine Albrecht's been searching for on your website mm-hmm. and what, where she's been going, you know, they totally, in total honesty, could say, we don't have those records. We can't give them to you because they don't exist. That's, that's great. That's good news. Because, uh, you know, honestly, if the government came down hard enough on someone, they're going to give up the information. Yeah, and that, and that's really the concern. Um, the the other thing that they offer, which no other search engine offers, and we got praised by uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation for this, is they offer SSL encryption for your searches, too. So even though they're not keeping the records, uh, it would be possible through a normal search for, you know, your charter, your Comcast, whoever's providing your, your Internet um, service, to eavesdrop on any communication that, that comes forth from your computer. So they would be able to spy on your searches, for example. Um, but what StartPage offers is instead of just going to startpage.com, you can go to HTTPS, that little S on the end, mm. stands for SSL encryption. And when you do that, it means that any communication between you and StartPage is also encrypted. So in order to see that, you'd have to you know, literally be looking over your shoulder sitting at your, your personal home computer. So that's kind of a neat a- additional feature that people can do uh, both ways. And then the other thing that, that StartPage is doing now is they actually have, you know when you, when you go into your Firefox or your Internet Explorer, up in the right-hand corner, it comes sort of pre-equipped with a little window, and it's got, I don't know, eBay yeah, and the Google. Different options. And yeah, all those right. things you can pull down. There's Wikipedia in there, and there's Amazon.com. You can actually add StartPage up to that corner. Oh, really? Yeah, How do you, you do that? I need that. Yeah, you go to StartPage.com, and then underneath, and I'm trying to get him to make it bigger because it's, it's really tiny print, but it says oh, add StartPage to your browser. Yeah. When you click that, it'll, it'll bring up a little thing and ask you to you know, approve it. And I've been, as a privacy expert, I've been all over that privacy policy, and it, it rocks. Um, you can go ahead and, and, and just click it, and then, like, literally 30 seconds later, it'll be one of your pull-down options. Excellent. 
Yeah, that way that you don't happen. have to just type, you know, www.startpage.com every time. You right. just put your search term in there, pull it down, and click it. Now, I, I hear you no, don't need those W's to make the Internet no, work. No, you don't. Um, you know, so, uh, in some programs, you actually do. Um, but whatever whatever version I'm currently running. Some <laughs> However, websites, we've got too. <laughs> yeah. some, sometimes a website won't be configured correctly. Like a lot of government sites, <laughs> you can uh, try to put in the without W's version of the site, and it won't work. Yeah, it so. sends you back to, like, the little open DNS window or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, but but this way you don't have to worry about it either way because it'll just be right there in your browser. It's an easy way to access it. So I got it. Now the tech, uh, the the technology behind StartPage. You said that you've uh, you've gone through, you've audited it, and that's great because you are well known, I think, within the Liberty community as a, a privacy expert. And so that's good. Uh, but isn't it essentially gathering information from other search engines? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great question. And by the way, I should also add that Europrise, which is the big European auditing firm that's uh, funded by the EU, and they do all of the privacy sort of watchdog stuff over there, they've also received a, a Europrise certification, and they got the highest possible score. And they had like a six-month audit with some Europrise guy breathing down their neck, and he said, yeah, it looks really great to us. So just so you know, they've also got that as well. Um, Oh, your question was... Uh, it was about uh, the technology of uh, collecting oh, yeah, from various different... Yeah, it's kind of cool because they sort of serve as a proxy for you. Um, what what StartPage does is it goes out and it, let, let's say you type in, oh, I don't know, um, Freedom, right? Mm-hmm. They'll go out to all to, to 12 other major search engines and they'll query that term on your behalf. So they'll ask Bing and they'll ask Yahoo and they'll ask ask.com and they'll ask all these guys, Dogpile, whatever. And when those results come back, they've got this uh, really high-speed processing that just kind of you know grabs those top results and then serves them to you through StartPage. And so the cool thing about it, you're getting the best of the best results from all of those guys at once, which is kind of the neat part of a meta search is Mm -hmm. it doesn't leave anybody out. And even if one of those services decides to start filtering information, the other ones will still provide it. So, you know, if you wanted to filter something away like they do in China, you know, Tiananmen Square doesn't return anything about the massacre if you search Google in China. But if you search StartPage in China, it would because it would go to all these other sources. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so that's kind of a neat a neat feature. Well, that's good because we certainly do have international listeners uh, to this program, and, and hopefully they'll pick up on that. Yeah, actually, StartPage is um, its parent. Well, when I when I first started working with them, trying to you know, I said, how come nobody in the states knows about you? You guys are awesome. And just to finish my story, back in November when I found out about this awful Google Centers for Disease Control partnership, I was I was so creeped out. I said, I've got to find an alternative. And so I went out and I combed the entire internet and I looked at all of the pr- supposedly private options for search and all of them had a catch or all of them had something that I was uncomfortable with and when I finally found this company their website was actually called Ixquick mm-hmm. I-X-Q-U-I-C-K and believe me trying to spell that like yeah. people want to make it the British X checker and put C's in there and <laughs> I was like no it's, it's, it, for whatever reason nobody could spell it that was the first thing well, I remember hearing about it a while a while back when it was called Ixquick and the first thing I thought was oh come what on what a name That's not oh, what's going yeah. there gosh you and me both and so what we did, and this is kind of an interesting experimental phase that we're in right now, is they've kept Ixquick. They've kept the Ixquick name in Europe and in their international market. So you can still go to Ixquick.com, and it's mm-hmm. exactly the same website, just branded with a different name. And so over in Europe, they're really big in Germany. They're really big in, in France and in mm-hmm. the Netherlands and, and in these countries over there. Here in the States, though, we're, we've rebranded the company StartPage.com.
um, here in the U.S. in hopes that you know that'll be easier for start page is a better speakers. name. I mean, uh, it is. It's just it? absolutely a better. Yeah. Well, I mean, where do you start? You start at your start page. I mean, there you it, go. It makes perfectly good sense. Well, um, what we've been saying, you know, start protecting your privacy with start page. And there's lots of ways to to kind of spin that one. But it, uh, you can use start in lots of different manner. Yeah. Uh, now I, I've got to say about this Google story is I'm not uh, horrified by what they did. I'm horrified by what they can do. Well, exactly. Yeah, I, I have to say yes. And um, you know the the fact that Google has a dossier of information on every one of its users it really is does. chilling to me. Yeah. And and let me just go in uh, just in a little more detail about that. Not only does Google know all of your search terms, meaning that they know where you had dinner last Friday night because who goes, you know, who gets out the yellow pages now and looks up a restaurant, you just hop on Google to get the phone number. You know, they know the name of your dermatologist for the same reason. Um, they probably know if you're having marital problems or 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 you know, hemorrhoids or whatever because we just we go online and we type all that stuff in. They know they were actually boasting that they know when their own employees are going to start looking for a new job Amazing. before the employees themselves know because they monitor their own employees and their every keystroke. So Google's Amazing. gotten really good at this kind of predictive analytics. And the, the way they are able to do it is they watch patterns over time. So they can actually say, well, you know, if you're searching for hemorrhoids and you're buying a new dog, then that correlates with getting a divorce. You know, who knows? Right, right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but they can do that because they can watch they millions have- of people seeing these patterns that emerge. And so it's really kind of um, kind of a, a shocking thing when you think about how much information they've collected on us. And they have lots of different things. They have the the, brow- the, the browser, the Google Chrome, and they have the uh, I, I have their, um, their their phone service, which I've got to say has been great for me. But I can see how you know you're, you're compromising your um, you know your security by giving these th- this information to this organization, which admittedly makes money by. But, you know, by selling you stuff. Well, by watching you. And, yeah. you know, people always say, well, but Google has all these great products. And I said, well, and wait a minute. Do. Why do you think they're offering you these 10 million services for free, and yet they're a multi-billion dollar company? Something's not adding up. Yeah. And the answer is that you are the product. You know, you, your data is the whole, all of that lovely, shiny, glittery stuff they offer you is the bait to get you in there so they can grab your data because that's really where the value lies. And when I see Google cutting deals with governments like the communist Chinese government saying, okay, well, we won't show any images of the massacre. We won't return any search results on the massacre on Tiananmen Square. If you're in China and you search for Tiananmen Square, you'll get happy picnickers in the park. You won't get anything (laughs) on the massacre because Google has censored it away. That's sad. you know, imagine so Google censors Free Talk Live off the net, off of Google. People won't even know you exist anymore. I mean, Google has become kind of the, you know, the the, the definitive index of the internet, and I think that needs to change because we put yeah. so much power into the hands of one company that has already shown that it's willing to, you know, bend if the government asks. It well, to. one thing's for sure, uh, I appreciate competition, and I certainly appreciate what you guys are doing over there at at Startpage. Uh, so, is there anything else that you wanted to share with us tonight? Otherwise, I want to talk to you a little bit about New Hampshire, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, well, the only thing I want to I want to put out there is uh, we're inviting Free Talk Live listeners to take the Start Page Challenge, which is seven days. Um, try giving up Google, Bing, Yahoo, whatever you normally use, and just for seven days, try using Start Page. And I, I have to tell you, after doing it for close to a year now, I love the fact that nobody knows my health conditions. Nobody knows, uh, you know, if I'm looking for a job or if I'm researching something. Nobody needs to know that but me and my own brain. And uh, that's that's a challenge I think that uh, your listeners would 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 actually really enjoy taking. Cool. And, and then, adding that star, uh, adding the little box to the win- uh, to the br- browser was pretty easy. Right? It was really. 
really easy. Seconds. I I did it while we were talking. And yeah. I did it. I did it myself, and I did the secure one with the S behind it and everything. <laughs> so awesome. I've got I've got the whole deal here, and it it did a search, and it said it was sli- slightly slower, but I don't notice the differences in these things generally. I mean, the the yeah, speed you of probably computers. won't. Yeah, it's still it's still really speedy. And then the extremely cool thing that's going to come out sometime this winter is they're going to offer a proxy service so that any website you click that comes up from a start page search, they will go out and grab the website itself and serve it to you for free, totally anonymously. You definitely need to give us a heads up on that because that's really cool. Yeah. That, uh, that's, that's anonymous surfing. Yes, I mean, that's great. precisely. And uh, and I should caution people: just because Startpage gives you a, a site, when you click the site and you leave Startpage, your all bets are off at that point. For the now. site you land on, for now, right. the site that you land on is going to know your IP address. So I don't want people to say, "Wow, I can look for anything and surf all over just because I launched from Startpage." But that will become the case in just a couple months here. That is very exciting. It is very exciting. And we are glad that uh, Free Talk Live is glad to have Start Page as a sponsor on the show. And, uh, you know, we're, we're gonna partnering, partnering up, and, and we hope it's a long and uh, profitable relationship. It's, we're it excited, seems, too. We love you guys. It, it seems like just the right search engine for Free Talk Live. For our listeners, yeah. I think, uh, especially. Now, Catherine, uh, how cool is it that as a bonus, you're actually in, I think, New Hampshire. I'm not That's sure great. where. I don't, I don't know how private you want to be. But, well, uh, I'm, I'm in Nashua. I'm on the southern border here. We, we're guarding the uh, the border from those Massachusetts people for you. I don't know how good of a job of you're that doing. Line. <laughs> we're certainly trying, I'll tell you, but they keep they keep making their way up here. Well, it's, it sucks in Massachusetts. The taxes are too high, and the, the government's intrusive as heck, um, comparatively. And, 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 and these guys don't want to leave because they look at all the beauty and the freedom and, and the great economy up here, and they all come up here, and then they want to turn it into down there. It's I, think well. I think it's really more like one out of 20 um, really want to want to change things back to, to Massachusetts or whatever. It, that's, that's what well, it seems that's like Well, that's because you're hanging out with free staters. That's why. I do mostly see yes, that. But. Yes. And, the, and those guys coming up from Massachusetts are like, phew, thank goodness I got out just in the nick of time. Yeah. So, yeah, they don't, they don't want to change things up. So there. you are not a Free State Project participant, right? You were here prior to the, uh, the Free State Project. Well, I'll tell you what happened. We were, we were very much following the Free State Project, and my husband and I knew that we had, I had to come out here for school because I had to finish up Harvard, and we didn't want to live in Massachusetts. So we kind of did our own little New England free state project and picked New Hampshire. Um, We picked it because of, you know, gun rights and and taxes and all sorts of reasons. And so we landed up here in New Hampshire, and then we were thrilled when the free state project um, saw things our way (laughs) and picked this state and came too. So we're we're sort of friends of the free state, but because we couldn't, we didn't actually make the commitment to go anywhere in the country because we literally couldn't. Um, We're not officially, I I guess you guys kind of snubbed us a little bit. Well, wait, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, I tried at retroactively. I tried to say, "Can I? Can I be a free stater now?" And 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 the hardliner said, "No." Yeah. you, you can not. be a friend of the Free State yeah. Project. I am. Um, <laughs> I'm of the opinion that uh, signing on a line uh, to make oneself a free stater is a tan- uh, is pretty is, isn't that much uh, you know isn't much of a step for yeah. liberty. <laughs> uh, moving to New Hampshire, being here and fighting for liberty. Now you're doing a great deal. So as far as I'm concerned, if you um, you're you're doing far more for liberty than than somebody who's just a free stater. Oh, absolutely. 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 Well, thank you. And I've spent a lot of time up at the state capitol up in Concord. I've spent a lot of time working on freedom issues. Um, good friends with, with Joel Winters and Jen Coffey, our, our wonderful state representatives who are, who are both uh, free staters. And 
wonderful, uh, freedom-oriented, libertarian-minded people. So I, I love being up here. I love everything about New Hampshire. I'm, I, I just, I, I'm from L.A. originally. Oh, big and, change. And so I went from L.A. and all the nanny state awfulness going on in that state um, to Massachusetts to go to school. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, you know, does this whole country suck? <laughs> and then uh, finding my way up here was just a, a great, great experience. Great. Well, and, and also, I imagine meeting so many of these uh, wonderful activists that are moving up here must be even better than hearing about it. I mean, because these, these people are incredible, aren't they? Yeah. And, you know, if, if anybody's out there is listening and thinking of moving to this state, you absolutely cannot go wrong. Because when you get here, you will be greeted with open arms. There will be a keg party as people help you unload, you know, your, your moving van. Um, it, it's just a wonderful experience and a wonderful community community it's it's not like you're going to come here and go wow i'm in a new state i don't know anybody it's right it's, it's just there like, are people waiting here to be your friend basically yes, yes. <laughs> they and really are of I mean, them, and, no and they're all awesome and they're all fun so um and hard working you know I, I take a look at just even the changes that have happened so far because of uh you know just even having our our folks in in the state capital and i love it I just love it. Well, I have to agree with Mark. It's great having StartPage.com on board here with Free Talk Live because it's it's going to be perfect for our listeners. Uh, very conscientious people about uh, when it comes to their privacy. That is for sure. Right. You know, I'm, and, and I've got to say that I don't. Um, you know, I, I, I for one, I'm I like some of the products that uh, that that Google offers. I'm just of the opinion that if you can you if you can get the same thing that Google, Google offers and you don't have to give up your privacy, you don't know what it is that you're giving up. Today, because in the same way that this uh, the soul search went on with the CDC, you know those people that had the flu, they didn't get heart carted off in uh, in train cars to the the gas chambers or anything like that. But it it is how that information's collected. That's how that's uh, how the Japanese Americans got put into the internment camps in World War II was census data. Yeah. So you never know what piece of data it is that's going to get you, and so you should keep your data if if um, you know as secure as you can if you can. Well, and Google is is developing the biggest database, the biggest dossier of information uh, really ever in history oh, on yeah. people. And, oh, yeah. and people need to understand that they know more about you than the federal government. They know more about your health than the oh, CDC. Yeah. They know just an enormous quantity of information about Americans. And and let me give people a little bit of good news and a little bit of hope. If you can stay off of Google for nine months, kind of kind of picture it like having a baby, you women out there. <laughs> and I know your shrine of female listeners. There's some degree of, of understanding there. Nine months. If you can stay off of Google for nine months, you will drop off their active monitor into a kind of a, a, a background zone. They, they have nine months of active information on you, and then they sort of semi-anonymize your data after nine months. They can still get it back if they want to, but it's mm-hmm. not like right on their radar screen. Interesting. So yeah. if you stay away nine months, you're pretty much off the radar screen, and that's probably where we should all be. So to Google, am I Mark Edge, or am I a, my IP address? You are whatever you have typed in when you signed up for Google Groups, Google Mail, Google email, sure Google voicemail, anything you signed up for it for one Google service ties in with every other Google service. So you're probably Mark Edge, and they probably know you know all this other stuff about you if you've signed into those other groups in that way. So that that's a huge amount of information. And one other thing I should point out, and I this just burns me. Let's say you go on to some totally unrelated site that's not Google. You go on to, you know, Joe's gun range, right? If Joe is trying to earn some extra money by running Google ads on his page, which mm-hmm. a lot of businesses are doing now, thousands, sure. probably millions of them, um, th- then Google under contract will send, uh, or Joe's gun range website under contract will send Google information about your IP address, your Google cookie, what pages you surfed, when you got there, and what you looked at on Joe's gun range website. So Google has 
has that in your little dossier as well. Literally thousands of other web pages that you visited just in the course of surfing the web get added into your big Google dossier. Now, what about uh, StartPage? I mean, we, we, we see how Google makes its money. How does StartPage make its money? That's a good well, question. Well, this is, yeah, it's, it's actually an Where's excellent question. Where's the money, question. Ka- yeah. Karen, Where's the money? We've got to hunt this. These StartPage people, let's hunt them down. All right, well, let me, let me explain this, and, and bear with me, because I about hung up the phone when I first heard this. Um, when you go on to StartPage, there are sponsored results on the top. And you can yeah, see I them right that. there, and they're, they're, they're delineated that you can identify them. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're going to you know, trick you or anything. They're right there. Um, those, believe it or not, are actually served up by Google. But, hang on, <laughs> I know, I know that's what I said. I said, what, are you kidding me? And uh, anyway, it almost caused me to not even work for them because I said, well, how can I... <laughs> How can I be talking about you guys if you've got Google stuff on there? This was an agreement they got into long before they ever met me. And the interesting part about this is, to my knowledge, and I've signed the NDA, I've been all over their Google contract, they are the only company on the Internet who actually struck a deal with Google where Google does not get any information about anybody who lands on their website. And so, you saw this written? I did. I actually have a copy of it. It's uh, it's encrypted, but I did. I had to sign an NDA, and it's like 50 pages long, and I studied this thing at length, and I went and sat down with their privacy auditor and everybody else to go over it because it was a deal-breaker for me. I said, I can, there's no way that I, can, that I can do this. And they said, no, no, look at the contract for real. And sure enough, they actually got Google. I don't know how they did it, but they got Google to negotiate an agreement that if you go on Start Page and that Google ad, your eyeballs view it, any other page on the internet, you, Google has to know your IP address and who yeah. viewed that ad, not on StartPage. Hmm. They just know, you know, 800 people saw this ad. Boom, that's yep. all they know. They don't know who you are. They don't know when when you got there, how long you looked, or anything else. Well, obviously, it was worth it to them to uh, to get the extra exposure. So, you know. yeah, and and I have a feeling, you know, we're not yet a huge thorn in Google's side. I think once the the free market, you know, kind of begins to realize what Google's doing and they start making a shift, I think StartPage is kind of the natural place you go because nobody else is really offering privacy as a service. Yeah, and it's you guys are going to knock it out of the park when you add the uh, the the future oh, to come uh, proxy browsing. Which isn't that going to be? Awesome? That's hard to find. It's hard to find good proxy browsing online, and if you can have it all in one place. Play, search and surf. That's if it's brilliant. easy and somebody like me can use it, then it really will well, work. Well, you know what it's going to do? Well. Like, you look up um, 9 millimeter ammo, for example, just to use an example, and, and what it'll say is, is is go directly to ammo are us or whatever. <laughs> ammo is us. <laughs> or it'll say proxy service, slightly slower. Yeah. And if you click the proxy, you know, right there, literally within your search results, you'll have both choices. You click the proxy oh, one, wow. and it'll feel just like you just went to, you know, the, the ammo website, but it'll be within the frame of StarPage. And so you'll know that you're that nobody knows you're there. Nobody knows you're there. When if you, you do say, it through the encrypted HTTPS, not even nobody, not even your internet service provider knows you're seeing it. Now, when you say that um, within the frame of uh, of uh, start page, does that mean that there'll be a frame around it? You know, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to implement it, but that's kind of the idea that there'll be some indication, like at the top, that you're still. So you, you you'll kind of want to know. You yeah, know, am I still yeah. within start page? Am I do they, do I have that layer of protection? Are they yeah. the ones serving me this? So yeah, there'll be some degree of something up there saying, hey, you're still on start page. Like um, people use Freedoms Phoenix. 
you know, you click on a website from freedomsphoenix.com. I don't know if you guys are used that. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah and, and, and the story pops up, but it's within Freedoms Phoenix, so you know you're still kind of on that website. Mm, yes. It'll be that kind of a model with some visual, um, you know, reassurance that you're still being protected. All right, so when's that coming out? You said sometime this it's year? It's going to be maybe? coming out. Um, we have a staff meeting about it next week where we're going to be kind of seeing what the update is. I believe that all the technology is done, and now they're kicking the tires, and then it's just a question of when, where, and how to release oh, it. Great. So coming cool. soon. I'm, well, ex- I'm really excited about it. Free Talk Live's your beta market, I can tell hey, you. Hey, I love it, and <laughs> I love you guys, and um, I, I really i am looking forward to parting with you because I think, I think that your audience of all people in the country are the ones to really understand why you don't want somebody making a dossier on you, and yeah. especially when that somebody has really deep relationships with government, which is what's happening to Google now. Catherine, we're out of time. we got to go to our ra- uh, radio show here, and we're going to plug you into the podcast after it's all done, and you'll uh, get blasted out to our listeners. Rock on. Appreciate it. Thanks Thank so much. You. All right, guys. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, Free Talk Live podcast subscribers. This is novelist Spencer Baum here to tell you about my new book, The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. It's a fantasy novel in the tradition of the boy wizards and vampires that have been so popular lately, but written from the perspective of a libertarian like you. My novel has all the monsters, magic, hair-raising adventures, and teen angst you've come to know and love. But unlike those other books, you'll find no glorification of life in the government schools in this story. My main character doesn't truly start learning until he ditches class and connects with some libertarian homeschoolers. And he can't go about saving the world until he sees that the conformist worldview of the modern American fails to see the truth. But don't take my word for it. Listen for yourself. For free. Open up iTunes and search for The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. I've released the first six chapters as a free podcast. Give it a listen. It's free. That's The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. I hope you enjoy.